The Sunday Skypers. The RPG Actual Play Podcast. To the Sunday brunch. Welcome to the Sunday Skypers Sunday Brunch Edition. This is Ketamono, and today we're playing the Hardwired Hinterland, a unique setting from the uh, from TriTag Games. It's set in an odd and strange place that, instead of trying to describe, we'll let the game explain and pan picture for you. Uh, so you'll be getting it as fast as the players are getting it, if they got it at all. Playing in this game um, is Todd as Dr. Douglas Quest, Man of Science, and Dirk as Nick Sampson, Man of Action. We're using the Yesterday's Tomorrow's Rules. Uh, available on RPG now, only five bucks. Can't go wrong. And this, as I said, this was rec- recorded uh, earlier uh, over the Memorial Day uh, holiday. And I will have to apologize for my audio quality. I was recovering from a bout of laryngitis, so my vocal range is nowhere near where it should have been. But in any case, it was a fun, fun time it's had by all. And uh, so, without much further ado. Let's go visit the hardwired hinterland. Samson, pilot extraordinaire, and mm. Dr. Quest, man oh, of science. Thank you, thank you, Dr. Douglas Quest. Of course. Who talks like this all the time? <laughs> no. <laughs> and you were, you're, we're going to start back on Earth. So you're on Earth. And you're 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 busy. Uh, I guess you two you work together, correct? Absolutely. Oh yeah, for the uh, the Office of Scientific Investigation, the OSI. Yeah. <laughs> We're losing too many vessels in the Bermuda Triangle. Doctor Quest, fix it. So yeah, you're aboard. You're aboard. <laughs> does your does your seaplane have a name? Ah. Uh. I don't mean, you know, like the, the, the Samson High Flyer. It doesn't have a name like Lulabelle or something like that. <laughs> See, this this is where you name it after the girl that got away. Uh, yeah. You yeah, don't name it? Uh, well. I think it would be appropriate. I wouldn't call it Ivan without a cock tease, though. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, 
Yeah, naming it the cock tease would be a little... <laughs> well, for that matter, you always go with the one that got away. Or, mm-hmm. or when in doubt, the traditional name is Betty. Yeah. Yeah, that's where it's Betty. Yeah. You're the, that's the Samson, the Samson seaplane, Betty. Yeah, so you're flying, you're, you, you just left out of uh, Key West. And which is in, you know, Florida. <laughs> the last time we looked, yes, 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 it was. <laughs> and you're out, and you hit, hit, you've been flying east, you know, following the path of a uh, missing cargo ship that had just, you know, vanished in the Bermuda, in the uh, Bermuda Triangle. And as you're flying along, the weather starts getting weird. You start, you know, you see weird cloud formations and so forth. And then all of a sudden you get, you've been caught up in some sort of vortex, but it's a horizontal vortex instead of, instead of like a traditional tornado. It's on its side spinning around. And you try, and you try to get out. Unfortunately, sadly, it doesn't work and you pop out into clear skies, and you're wondering what the heck just happened. And then you realize it doesn't look right. For one thing, when you look straight up, there's no sun in the sky. Yet it's bright daylight. And the skies are sort of a bright, hazy blue, but there's no sun. Dr. Quest is busily updating his journal with the, with his uh, observations and descriptions. It's, uh, what's our compass heading, Nick? It's just spinning around. It actually, it's not doing anything. It's, you know, it's spinning around. <laughs> where, where can North be? <laughs> Do the uh, 360 turn all around to get a good view. Mm-hmm. You do see uh, land, um, well, you see land in one direction that's fairly close, but it looks kind of odd. It looks square. It's like a, you can see a sharp angle to the island. There's nothing like it that you see in any, in any map. <laughs> you just took the words out of my mouth. I'm flipping through the map, square, square, square. Um, I'm not getting a uh, fix on this one, Nick. I don't think that's one of the keys. <laughs> then you then you get a uh, uh, some static coming out from it, and then you hear. That says anyway. I cron airport. Bulky to the uh, south. Uh, identify yourself. New This is. This is Nick Sampson in the uh, in the 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 uh, seaplane Betty. Where can you tell us our location? We've gotten lost in a storm. Uh, what's, what's your home in Viron? Viron. Obviously, they're not Americans. <laughs> Um, we're 60 minutes uh, due east out of Key West. 
pauses for us. Well, okay. Uh, welcome to the hinterland. <laughs> uh, you're a new arrival, I see. Um, what's your fuel like? And your fuel, your fuel, you might got like about another. Well, you got you got an hour's worth of flight left, basically. Okay. Well. As the scientist, I would go, what the hell? Because if we should, we should at least be at 50%. It's like we've been burned hours of fuel going nowhere. Yeah. You, you know, when you're, in that, when you're trying to get out of that uh, vortex, you just gunned the engine as hard as you could. and You could not mm -hmm. get out. Well, engines... <laughs> Interesting. Well, uh, you can make it. You know, it looks like you can, you can probably make it. Uh, you're a seaplane, huh? Uh, don't land the sea. You wouldn't survive. Uh, there's a lake, though. Uh, and also, there's a uh, river. You got a straight bit near 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 at New Akron. Uh, what's your altitude? And you're like about, uh, I'd say, a Thousand feet. Okay. So we'll, we'll we'll make for for the uh, whatever the the river if that's convenient. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. As you see, it's a it's a large square. Uh, see, and you're approaching from that direction. I'm a man of science. I can't stop but look. So are the rivers and lakes also square? No, no. They follow contours. It, it's uh, it's kind of flat like Ohio. That would explain the Akron reference. And there's actually a fairly large river running through it. Uh looks dear like it's... Uh, Quarter mile wide is wide as so there's plenty of room to land on it. It's almost as big as the uh, as the, as the Ohio River. This isn't making any sense, Nick. This is for for that amount of land. It's impossible to have a river that wide with that putting that much water downstream every minute. There's not enough land area to collect that much water. You do see a lake at that one end of it that seems to be feeding the river, and it seems to be running right to the edge of the cliff. Uh, and also, one thing you know is that the uh, landform is cliff sides. It's sort of uh, with some areas where it's, uh, it's subsided with the landslides and so forth, but more or less, their cliffs about 50 feet to 100 feet tall. Oh, so not really good for beaches. Yeah. And the uh, and the river, this river just goes right off the edge. Big old waterfall. So you don't want to land there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Adios, Betty. <laughs> but the other strange thing is, you know, you, you can see this stuff, and you realize that lake is probably about 110 miles away. But you shouldn't be seeing it this clearly. You know, you expect you, you expect at a thousand feet to see some see some uh, 
Actually, let's say you're 5,000. Sorry, not 5,000 feet. You expect to see some curve. On the horizon, there ain't no curve. It's like everything's... Dr. Just Quest is just writing all, all this down in his journal. Uh, he, he's a type that will talk out loud. Uh, and he says, strange optical effect uh, observed with horizon. There isn't one. Excuse me. Wow. I think our engines are, are <laughs> acting up. No, it's not acting up. No, 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 no. Let's see. Well, let's see if we can uh, get down safely and hopefully the natives are friendly. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Crashes. No, no, no. Well, they started out with welcome, says, and they're speaking English. I consider that two positives. Yep. So is, uh, of course, it doesn't quite balance the negative of, I have no idea where we are. Yeah, you have no clue where he is. Oh, come on, where is that page? I'm looking up something right now. It's definitely not Atlantis. Uh, last time I checked my history, uh, Atlanteans did not speak English and come from Ohio. Nope. <laughs> oh, of course, then, if we have to rewrite the book, I'm the man to do it. Yep. There we go. How many Atlanteans have you met? Say that again, because... What I heard and what you said were probably not the same thing. How many Atlanteans have you met? Ah, okay. Uh, not enough. Uh, one of the reasons I went to the Amazon to see if there was a connection. There wasn't. But they're fascinating savages. Still, by all historical accounts, they would be speaking Greek. Okay. So you, then you get this strange transmission. And, uh, and Dr. Quest, as you look out the window, you start seeing what looks like golf balls falling out of the sky. Hail. No, no, golf balls. Titus. What? And that's when you get a blur. Oh, it looks like you got some weird weather going on. Um, you know, you try try to dodge it. I don't think you want to get hit by that stuff. So yeah. This, so this is where you can say what you're going to do, and if you want to actually resolve it, you can actually spend a point of peril, and then roll dice to see if you res and resolve it, or I resolve it. Of course, if I resolve it, I go for the drama. Drama. <laughs> <laughs> Golf ball in the air intake. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Well, let's, I guess just to see how the uh, mechanics on this work, yeah. Well, he'll quickly so, throw it over uh, into a, a no, bank and well, no, you, 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 no, turn no, no, to... Not yet, not yet, not yet. You have to, you can, you're going to spit a point of peril, right? Sure. All right, so you spit, you spit a point of peril. Uh, you got to roll first. The way it works is that you roll a number of dice equal to your to your action score plus any applicable talents 
Actually, talent, singular. So oh. in this case, it would be action of five, and you get two dice for pilot. So you're roll a total of seven dice. Okay. And for every even die, you get to narrate one uh, facet of, 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 of it. So... <laughs> I guess I got a few there. So three even die. That's kind of neat. Uh, well, uh, well, you got some. <laughs> Ooh, and I would say pull the uh, the odds off so they're so they're gone. Just pull them off. So you you get to narrate three things about this this situation, and like you know, the three sentences basically. So, what's your first? Okay, quickly. Thanks. Into right. a turn. All right, so that I'll just move that one. So that one's gone. So you banking. All right. What do you do next? Oh. Uh. It should be more like more more. I know you, you, you can't. It's the park story. Like you say, I quickly bank to the right. One day's gone, and then we. Uh, then you do something else, and then you do something else. It's like you know, we want to just like flow it. Yeah. Guns the engines, right. and then dives down to increase speed to get away from this weird area of uh, weird weather. All right. So yeah, you do succeed. You 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 get you fly past and you see golf clubs, golf balls, golf bags just falling from the sky. <laughs> I. I was first ready to say it was an optical illusion when it was just golf balls, but <laughs> it's just insane. Good thing it wasn't a night shower of nine irons. Yeah, yeah. The golf you didn't get hit by a couple of golf balls, but it didn't any, any, any damage. But yeah, you, you you're able to get out of the way, and you can line up with the uh, with the river. You actually can see where uh, you can see. And you swear you've been because you've flown over Akron, Ohio before. There's Akron, Ohio. Uh, Akron, Ohio. Right, real quick, uh, when he spent a peril, did that give him additional die as well? No. You spent so peril. Per, you spend peril to roll the dice. Ooh. If okay. you don't have any peril, I dictate what happens. Ooh. Okay. So, uh, just as a mechanical reminder. How do we regain peril back? Yeah, put yourself, just, you put yourself in peril. Put yourself in peril. Oh, okay. So they're like reverse yum-yum. Or, or I can put you in peril as, as, as well. Okay. So if you, if you realize, oh, I need more peril, you put yourself in peril. <laughs> okay. Or you can, you, can put Dirk's char- you can put Dirk's character in peril as well. Special. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, you, you match the dodge the weird weather and you can line up. Uh you see some beacons, you can see there's actually a trap there's like a lane to land in. They you're not the only you're not the first uh seaplane land in this area. Uh, you see some strange seaplanes. You see what looks like one of those giant Russian seaplanes sitting at a uh, dock, right? Uh, near near the uh near Akron. But you're, you, you, landings, there's no problem with the landing. You make the landing. Um, 
and you're, you're expected to go to a certain dock. You can actually see a guy waving a flag where to go. Okay. Pulling where we're we're directed. Yep. Okay. So so we say this is the city is like Akron. So we're talking like a hundred thousand people, kind of big city. Uh, go back to that page. Akron. Uh, see how big is that? Well, we're also talking uh, from our perspective, you know. Uh, Early Akron, as opposed to modern, if that helps, hurts, confuses, bold yeah. spindles, mutilates. <laughs> well, it's Akron from the 30s because there's an air dock for, for airships. But it doesn't look, I mean, of, you're flying over, you just from fly over, you don't see a whole lot of people. Hmm. Strange. So, but you see uh, construction of the city. Is there anything? It's it's it looks like Akron, New Ohio, from what you've seen when you've flown over before. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So we have someone who's marshalling the uh, seaplane in the dock. Yeah. And this person is using flags and doing the the all appropriate hand gestures and stuff like that. Ah, he's just waving back and forth and pointing. So not, not like a someone who knows how to marshal aircraft. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so not quite as professional as I would have hoped. Uh, on that note, what does this person look like? Uh, uh, he's a guy. Looks like he's in his. Uh, he looks to be in his thirties. Okay. Someone, someone that's actually uh, trustworthy. Yeah. Knows what he's been doing. Been around the uh, dock a few times. We're hoping. <laughs> well. Yeah. Just because I'm a travelogue kind of guy, I, I, I can see the Betty just kind of gliding in. Mm-hmm. I can see the the engines winding down and yeah. just. Uh, Nick just you know gunning an engine every now and then to. Uh, uh, to act and, and steer it in the dock. Yeah, he, he gets him. He gets him. Uh, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, lines to, tie, to you know to tie the ship to, to the air, aircraft to the dock, and he sniffs in the air, going, "Whoa, you got you using petrol in that thing, ain't you?" Yeah. Uh, wow, I, I, I hadn't smelt petrol in a, in forty years. Oh, well, he looks good for his age, then. He's got perfect teeth. <laughs> so, not English, then. <laughs> so, uh, I heard from the tower, uh, from, the main, from the main control tower, you guys are uh, just in, aren't you? Uh, uh, yes. Did, did, he, did he actually come into the uh, uh, plane? Or no, he's, on the just, he's on the dock and we're like shouting for the cockpit. Uh, yeah, I think we're we're debarking here onto the yeah, dock. Yeah, debarking. Okay, okay. Missed that. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, uh, how much fuel you have left that thing? Not much. Uh, he, he asked for like how many gallons. Uh, he, he said, yeah, some number. Yeah. 
Oh, you know what? You can get about maybe forty dollars for that for that amount, of, that amount of fuel. That's good salvage. Well, uh, we might actually be needing that. Now, once that's gone, you ain't going anywhere. Trust me on that one. There ain't no petrol for for high to, for loving the money around here. How was it flying alcohol? The answer is not very well. Yeah, I was say, even that monster over there. Yeah. Oh yeah, flies in alcohol. Incredible. But you you you, you you're gonna need a lightning crystal anyway. That gets the scientific eyebrow raised up a couple notches. Says, well, uh, I think we need to. Oh, by the way, my name's Josh. A... Josh. Josh, I'm uh, Dr. Quest. And... Oh, uh, a Nettie head. Welcome. <laughs> I'm Nick. Hi, Nick. You got pretty plain here. I haven't <laughs> seen this. I haven't seen this before. What kind of. What, is it like a special plane or some sort? Or? Yes, it's a experimental plane, my own design. Whoa, you build planes? You can get a good living here. Oh. Well, I don't think we're staying for that yeah. long, but I appreciate son, the thought. Son, he slaps you on the, on the, on the, sho- on the shoulder. You're here for, you're here for, the, for the duration. <laughs> hey, no one got back. From the from the hairland. Okay, that's not much to say to about, mm. about that. Um, anyway, follow give, me. Give uh, Nick that look like I think this guy's a little loco. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, and he, he pulls off. He pulls off uh, uh, a, a clipboard, and and he says, "Now uh, sign here. This is uh you get you get a week free of docking." After that, you're gonna to have to pay for it. That's probably why you want to sell that uh, fuel you got on board because it'll help pay for your docking fees. Because that plane ain't moving until you get a lightning crystal on board and retune your engines. Okay. <laughs> but you get you get week free because you knew. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. It's like it's like welcome wagon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so uh, I'm part of the part of the welcoming bit. folks here. We're going to take you over to the uh, to the. Um, um, I don't want to say indoctrination, but uh, to the um, flight operations would be quite good. Oh no, yeah. not flight operations. You ain't, you're not flying for a while until you learn how to refly again. <laughs> Trust me on that one. And then you hear the sound of the of engines kicking over. And you see a small seaplane. Bobbing way too high in the water, and we're talking like it's like it's made out of cork, just bobbing way too high. Huh. And the exhaust has that distinctive burning of alcohol kind yeah, of yeah. odor to it. Yep. Or more correctly, the lack of petrochemicals. <laughs> it's a and it's a it's a. You realize you've never seen that light before. You haven't seen that mile before. Of of uh, it's a twin it's a twin 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 engine. Uh, looks like they actually have variable uh, props. They actually can reverse the props. And he does this maneuver that 
you know you can't do in a seaplane. That is, he reverses the props on one on one engine, and it just literally spins in place like it's made out cork. That's not right. How'd they do that? Pulls out his journal, starts taking note. Variable pitch propeller. Invent! Exclamation point. <laughs> and then it just taxes away, and it you know it needed more. It needed more takeoff space than it than what it used. So, so it actually slowly rises into the air. <laughs> no, it's more like skips. At about uh, about uh, sixty miles an hour, which is way under speed, and it slowly climbs up and starts picking up speed and, and flying away. Then you see like it make a little quicky little dip to one side as the wind hits it and blows it off, of course, a little bit. <laughs> curiouser and curiouser. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, lead on. Um, I think we're a little bit at a loss. Yeah, we can take it to the two where you can get. Uh, yeah, you're in the hardware hinterland. Yeah, you've said that before. Yeah. Um, does not calculate. At least you didn't say didn't doesn't compute. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we, I have things to learn yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you have any gear on board your aircraft? Personal stuff. You may want to grab that. Are they taking our plane from us? No, no, it's your plane. Um, you know, as long as you, as long as you got paper, well, if you got papers for your plane, make sure you grab your papers too. We got to issue a new set here for the for, uh, for New Akron. Yeah. Well, I I imagine we have the standard stuff. We, we would have uh, cork, uh, life preservers. We'd have a, uh, uh, a a rubber raft that could be inflated. Uh, Lunch. I don't think I don't think we would have brought anything along the lines of uh, personal firearms, at least not uh, Doctor Quest. Uh, Nick, on the other hand, he probably would feel naked without it. Right. So yeah, he looks at it. You might get about fifty cents for this and about time for that. And... So, or we just might keep it. it. We're not a flying flea market. Yeah, yeah, you best keep it. Anything, yeah, yeah. So you got the fuel. Uh, I can sell your receipt right here, and uh, you know I'll buy it from you right now for fifty bucks. Your fuel. Oh, I think we want to uh, have a better understanding of the uh, economy of this place. Well, the offer will stand for a while because uh, once some folks find out you got you got aviation fuel, you'll get folks wanting to buy it from you. Maybe a bidding war on that. All right. I appreciate your candor. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this, you come on this way. We go, you know, and he basically he takes you over to it looks like a Jeep. Back to a Jeep. A vehicle you've never seen before in your life. This is a, this is a good old World War II era Jeep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eminently practical, but not very waterproof. It ain't comfortable either. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, uh, I found a sucker and I salvaged it myself, so yeah. Engine starts up and, yeah, you get the smell of, you know, that, sm- that smell of, of 
alcohol, burnt alcohol. It's got alcohol engine on it too. And something is missing. It's got it's missing a cylinder as well. <laughs> a certain part of uh, Douglas's mind is going must fix. <laughs> and he drives you to a building. Uh, the right name for the place. To. I can imagine this Jeep every now and then backfiring a little belch of blue flame coming out the tailpipe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Basically, he's taking you to uh, the new Acheron orient, uh, orientation um, uh, a building. Basically, it's, it's a small government-run building. It's there to explain to you to for new arrivals where you are and what your life's going to be from here on out. First part's appreciated. The second part is <laughs> the stretches credibility. <laughs> yeah. So the first thing they ask you is how much money do you got on you? Oh, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> we weren't planning to go shopping when we were flying uh, through uh, towards Bermuda. Um, we probably have enough to, to buy uh, fuel uh, to. to Refuel the the Betty when we do our return trip. Yeah. Uh, yeah and it's, uh, I would probably say we probably don't have more than a hundred bucks between us, which is a lot of money, but not when you're refueling an airplane. <laughs> well, they uh, they'll take they'll they exchange you one for one, uh, new Akron uh, new Akron dollars, and for your cash. How? Oh, what, really, what's the exchange rate versus uh, goods? Sadly, the prices are in 1920s, 30s prices. So you're already used to the prices already. So the prices are in that range. Okay, so, so it's nothing like a heart attack where you're paying $1.50 for a loaf of bread. No, no, it's more like you, you, you'll pay a couple of pennies for a loaf of bread. Okay. It's 1930 prices. So you're talking for fuel, you're, you're paying like... 10 cents a gallon. So the fact he's offering you 50 bucks for what probably is about $2 worth of gas yeah. huh. tells you something right there. I need to uh, mute my mic for a sec here. All right, so we yeah. follow him to the orientation center. Yep, and then, you know, and you, you're getting, you get the whole nine yards. And it's interesting, there's a doctor there who examines you and says, so do you have any uh, pins or broken, you know, broken limbs or anything like that? Not myself, I... Oh, and uh, any uh, dentures or do you have uh, or fillings? No. Oh, you at least won't have that problem. Uh, no artificial limbs, any scars? Oh, plenty of scars, you see. <laughs> oh, do you, uh, you, you, you're going to miss those. I don't, don't know if miss would be like the word would end. <laughs> you're rather used to them. Well, there's something about the hairline that, uh, um, well, it heals you. And, it, and it also, if you were missing a limb or an eye, you would get the eye back. No, that's not a problem. But teeth, 
if you had uh, implants or, uh, uh, or, or, or fillings, uh, you get a whole new teeth for those teeth. <laughs> and it's not pleasant. Trust me, I was here before we had dentists. I, you know, yes, it was not, it was not pleasant. But now we have dentists. We can actually identify which teeth are going to grow back and just yank, extract the, the current ones and let new teeth grow back. Yes. The other unpleasant thing, if you actually had pins for, for, to fix broken limbs, uh, the pins will come out, whether you want them to or not. <laughs> yeah. so, like that would yeah. be a rather disturbing uh, experience. Oh, yes. And, 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 how, and you're, it's like, you're what, uh, 25? Um, yeah. And... Yeah, you won't you won't change much as as you, know, you won't change much as as, as the fix kick in. Uh, how old, you know you look at him? He looks like he's like you know twenty. He's like he's in his uh, late twenties. How old are you? How old do you think I am? Twenty eight. Sixty five. One hundred and three. Ah. <laughs> I've been here for a while. Oh, and it looks, it looks in the Dr. Quest's mouth. Oh, that one has to come out. <laughs> well, it's going to come out anyway, but you may want to have a dentist take it out for you. He's pointing to a tooth. you got a tooth with a cavity yet, don't you? Yes, and it's just fine where it is. No, it won't stay. Your body was, is going to regrow all, all the damage. If you were missing a limb, it would grow a new limb. Uh, have you broken your bones and have uh, have them fixed with pins or plates? No, but it sounds like an interesting technique. Well, okay. Oh, have you actually broken a limb? Either one of you, have you broken limbs? Uh, Dirk, <laughs> Nick probably. Nick I probably has. Nick counting on his fingers. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, Those are just mine. Yeah, he starts writing out. He writes out. Uh, he gives you a. You can this. You can get this filled for free. It's it's uh, so it's uh, it's for some uh, painkillers. Oh, you'll need that. You need that in the next, in the coming month or so because all your broken bones are going to fix themselves. If they if they weren't set if they weren't set properly, it's not pleasant. And he gives you a little thing too. He says, "You know, sadly, dentists charge, so an extraction will probably run you about uh, twenty dollars, yeah. unless you want to come out by itself." For twenty dollars, I'll just pull the full thing myself. Yeah, we have people do that. Trust me, you. Uh, if you do that, you write your prescription. You want some of this afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I got a pair of pliers back at the plane. You may well you, you'll you'll know within a week when it's if it's when it's if it, how how bad it's gonna be. Anyway, on to the orientation. This is just the uh, checkup. You know, we check up medically and so forth. Uh, and, oh, and either you have um, um, any normal uh, STDs, <laughs> gonorrhea, syphilis. 
He keeps looking at Nick. That's just a horrified look coming from the doctor. He keeps looking at Nick. He says that for some reason. (laughs) Uh, Not currently. I'll I'll be taken care of. Don't worry. Uh, Do you have any men of science here that can explain this process? Not very many. I mean, I'm a doctor. Um... We really don't know. It's like the, the bodies, for some reason, the uh, stem cells are reactivated, and the body starts regrowing uh, damaged tissue. Um, in fact, you can lose a leg and it'll grow right back. As long, you know. Of course, it will. It will, you know, make use of the existing uh, fat, you know, fat reserves and proteins. So you actually have a good meal uh, when it's regrowing back. It'll take about a month for a leg to grow back. And what if you lose one after you arrive? And it grows back. I can cut a finger, that... I can cut a finger off right now and it'll be back in a week. No, 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 no. <laughs> we believe you. <laughs> uh, also, your uh, bald spot will probably go away. <laughs> Taps his head, I've got a bald spot? <laughs> <laughs> Nick's always been too kind, never pointed it out. <laughs> um, well, th- there's not much use for my medical training, is there? Oh, yeah, I mean, you have, you have, you have, uh, yes, there is. One for newcomers. Uh, some people come up. And there, and for also for grievous injuries. Uh, we've had people who've been, who've been run over, who've had uh, bodily injuries. As long as we keep their heart and lungs going... They basically will regrow and fix themselves, but it takes a lot of medical technology to, to, to take care of. So we have so, we have heart lung machines. We have, uh, we, in fact, right now there's, there's a fellow who basically got burned alive. Uh, he survived and he's busy growing back. So he's getting a lot of medication, a lot of treatment, because it's not it's not pleasant it's the feeling to have your nerves grow back. Yeah, that that guarantees a flinch from the good doctor. So yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, yeah. so trauma care, yes. Yes. Uh, theoretically, you could general think, medicine, not so much. Theoretically, if someone were to cut your head off and then immediately hook you up to a heart lung machine, you'd be okay. You grow a new body back. Has anyone actually tested that? No. Good. However, you you still can die. I mean, you know, someone, if, if someone were to cut your head off or put a bullet through your brain that killed you just in, in instantly, you die. If it didn't kill you in, in, instantly, you get better. You probably wouldn't have some memory loss, but you get better. And if someone uh, shot you in the heart with a shotgun? Probably die unless we can get you to a heart-lung machine in time. Okay. So, so at least some of the basic biological functions still act normally. Yes. Yes, if someone were to yank out your liver and your kidneys, you probably die before they grow back to a size that's, that's functional. Okay. Uh, well, since you seem to have all the answers, I guess the next question is, are we dead? Jerry's still out on that. We don't know. It doesn't appear to be heaven, and it doesn't appear to be hell. I guess we should be lucky. Oh, yeah. 
they'll, they'll, have, they'll have more in the orientation. So he, he, he leads you off into the orientation room. There's a large, flat, black screen against the wall, and there's a fellow, you know, a point looking guy standing by it. Ah, the newcomers. You're a little early. Uh, we have a few more who will be showing up in about half an hour. Has has coffee and donuts. They're on the house for this for orientation. <laughs> well, at least they didn't give us like a credit card and charge everything. <laughs> oh no, this is new Akron. You'll find out. Basically, about a half dozen more people show up in various states of, uh, of, of you know disrepair and so forth. One guy looks like he has sucker marks on his face. <laughs> uh, well, but while they're uh, being uh, ushered in, is this actually real coffee? And real donuts? Donuts are real. Coffee. Well, what, what, what I mean is, you know, may be coffee more. is like from Colombia. And last time I looked, you didn't grow coffee in Ohio. It's probably more chicory than coffee. Okay. That would make sense. Is it something passingly close to coffee? I mean, you know, there may be like maybe like one teaspoon of coffee in, in for a pound of chicory, but, you know. Well, because I'm thinking, uh, uh, depending on what supplies that we have in, uh, in the Betty, you know, it's an experimental aircraft. There's nothing to say we can't have a coffee machine and uh, uh, coffee. <laughs> we never did figure uh, out, is it, is it open cockpit or is it an enclosed cockpit? Well, I, I was going with, believe it or not, the, uh, I liked the duck. Okay, the yeah. sea duck. So enclosed cockpit. So that way we can fly through rough weather without getting soaked to the skin. Yeah, you might have, you might have packets of that brand new uh, uh, freeze-dried coffee that, they, that the Swiss have made. Well, there you go. Yeah, see, that'd be a nice high-tech thing. And if they don't have real coffee, uh, even dehydrated coffee might be worth just as much as aviation fuel to the right people. Yeah. But, you know, when you sit down and the, the this large black screen, it's a flat screen TV, but, you know, you, you, the closest you're seen to it was something Farnsworth. Remember, TV was invented in the 1930s. Yeah, yeah, but uh, since this has such a higher fidelity than cathode ray tubes, this must obviously be a back projection. Well, it's... Oops, I got a burp. What was that? Oh, the Grim and Goose, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. That's almost a sea duck. Oh, yeah. Just one tail instead of two. But that'll, that'll do the trick as well. Yep. And you see it has landing gear, so it can land on, on, on dry land. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... It, well, it's a video... Recording of an old movie. <laughs> like I said, it's just a back projection system. And it's it basically it, it goes through and you and it, it says, you know, welcome to the hardwired hinterland. What is the hardwired hinterland? Well, we don't know. What we do know is that it's a strange place that we've all dropped at, dropped in. 
And it starts relating, you know, the, you know, how it's divided into these islands that are 200 by 200 miles in size, 200 miles apart. Each one is a different environment, thus the, the uh, sobriquet of environ. And it starts rattling off, you know, this is your first time here, and we do understand that your first thoughts are getting back home. You're not getting back home. No one has no one has successfully gotten back home that we know of. People have died trying. Don't try, please. <laughs> uh, and it starts running off things like you know the money that they you know. And this is actually more geared people in, in New Akron. So in New Akron, the government's fairly minimal. Uh, provides uh, basic basic uh, functions. Uh, but they're very much, as long as you don't, as long as you don't piss off your neighbor, you can, you know, you can, you can, you can do it. Yes, it's a libertarian paradise. Ah, <laughs> took the words right out of my doctor's mouth. <laughs> Though in this case, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be libertarian. It'd be more like Anne Ran, Anne, uh, Anne, uh, what's her last name again? Rain. 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 And Rain. Rain. R N D. R A N D. Rain. Something like that. Yeah. One of those, you know, where individuals come for or high line. Was he writing this? No, he wasn't writing this time. Anyway, yeah. anywho, yeah. So yeah, it's it's uh, pretty much the answer detailing things such as travel to other places. The fact that there is no gas, there is no petrol. Uh, well, okay, there is some reserves in Little Texas. <laughs> At 200 miles across, it's very little Texas. Yeah, and the, you know, but it's so it's so valuable. It's 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 you know they're only producing barrels a day, not thousands of barrels, not or millions of barrels. Of course, for you guys to hear millions of barrels, that's like no one produces millions of barrels of petrol. Yeah, that's ludicrous. Yeah. You would completely devalue the cost of petroleum uh, if you produced that much. There's just not that much demand. Yeah. And, you know, and it points out, you know, though, uh, while you're here, we, you know, we, will, we will provide lodging for the, for the first month while you're here. But after that, you're going to have to find, make your own way. Those of you who have specialized skills, you'll find that they may be in high demand or they may be completely not needed at all. And then, you know, then the video, the movie sort of ends and then it changes to something that's not a film movie, but to something that looks odd. It's basically, it's a bit, it's, it's just, now you're seeing this computer-generated graphics now. So it looks weird to your eyes because you've never seen anything like that before. All right, so, so it's a very painstakingly done hand animation? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, better than Disney. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's, 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 it's a PowerPoint slide. And so let's see. This is currently what we're looking for. And, yeah, you do see aircraft mechanic and aircraft designer. Uh, designless as it is, is a career looking for. Uh, various, various things. But you also see people who know how to make bricks. People who know how uh, construction workers. You know, various trades are represented. You don't see much in the way of sciences. Yeah, I noticed that. 
So you're telling me you don't need anyone who's a master of history and geography, old Earth? Uh, the little point next to guy who hasn't said his name yet. Uh, no. I mean, if you want that, you can always go to the to the New York Library. Well, the new old New, new York. <laughs> So you're a scientist. Uh, well, you might find work in uh, almost Canada. They actually have a university. But this is New Akron, and this is where you are until you, make, until you can pony up the, the, the cost of the air ticket. You ain't going there. Right. Um, earlier on, uh, we spoke to an individual who mentioned lightning crystals and uh, conversion of uh, conventional engines to alcohol burning. Oh, wait a second. You're, 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 you're that airplane guy, aren't airplane guys, aren't you? Right. Oh. Okay. Look over at the guy with the sucker marks on his face. <laughs> like, I, I was in a minivan and we went, we ended up in the ocean and I just barely got out before the, before the, whale, before the squids attacked. concept of minivan doesn't make much sense. The concept of squids attacking doesn't make much sense. So you mean, maybe the alcohol combustion started early. What do you mean about squids attacking? You fought giant squids. Well, yeah, but the, the one would, well, okay, you take a van, whatever the minivan is, but you take a van, it does not go out to where the giant squids are. And usually the giant squids don't go to where the vans are. So there's something not quite right with that story. Yeah, well, but that's another day. That's another day. You'll all buy wild find some sort of work here, because if you don't work, well, you can always try salvage. Salvage always is always applicable. Well, uh, I think Nick here might need another grease monkey. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Usually the shoe's on the other foot, but that's yeah. another story. Well, you know, I can tell you right now to get your airplane flight worthy and get a new and get a new airworthy worthy certificate. You're probably looking at. Do we have it listed here? Of course not. Oh, if you want to look at prices, that in that in the handout I gave you, there's two pages of prices list uh, prices for things. Yeah, unskilled labor. Yeah, you can get make about forty to sixty hours a week. Pilot, you can make a hundred to five hundred dollars a week. So yeah, pilots are in demand. Once you get your new pilot certificate, because you don't know how to fly an aircraft with a lightning crystal. I'm sure I can figure it out. Uh, it took uh, us several tries before we we stopped crashing. Lightning MDD crystal. Oh, there we go. You found that? Yeah, which there's all kinds of. 
Where'd you find where'd you find that? That's on page eight of the rear handout. Because Dr. Quest is that kind of guy. So when they say lightning crystal, they really mean lightning as in less heavy crystal. Lightning. <laughs> well, pronunciation's a little bit, you know, uh, funky in that one. <laughs> it could be lightning as in as in, you know, brzap, or it could be light light tinning light tinning as getting lighter. So if I get this straight, uh, uh, Dr. Quest, who I imagine is in his early 30s, is actually going to get younger over time. Yeah, but he's only going to get to like he's 25. Yeah. It must be the air. We're not quite sure what's going to get. It could be nanomachines. We're not quite sure yet. I ever said nano machines. <laughs> All right. You know, I'm looking at the page and I'm not seeing the damn thing. Oh, there they are. Top of the right uh, column. Right. They got a whole section to themselves. Yeah, you can see how that right now with $100, uh, you don't want to get a red nodule. Uh, no, 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 actually, we do want to get a red nodule. They're one of the better ones, but. Uh, for your size airplane, you want to get a medium, uh, medium finish, which is like pretty much all your cash, <laughs> if not more. Maybe um, the three hundred dollars. Yeah. I figure on average, you'll probably run you about like a hundred and eighty, maybe two hundred dollars for the crystal. Then you got to get the crystal assembly and blah 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 blah. blah. You're looking at maybe you know, five hundred dollars to get your aircraft airworthy again. Oh, poppycock! We'll just build our own. Can't be that hard. Build. I'm sure the doc can figure it out. Well, yeah, better. For, you, you know, we've done a lot of testing and so forth. We got the you know the science out there. You know, it, it costs money to build it though, unless you unless you find some good salvage, you can use those parts. That's another thing I noticed. You, you people keep mentioning salvage. Besides golf balls and golf clubs falling out of the air, oh. what is there to salvage? Oh, now, this is the next part. And it comes up, and you see this picture of, it looks like a, a, uh, a capuchin monkey wearing an orange vest and a uh, hard hat. Carrying tools. This is a restore is a restore key. It's a, yeah, that's what we said when we first saw them. They appear in troops of about oh say fifteen to you know between twenty and uh, between twenty six and uh, almost two hundred, and they build all these buildings. This building was not built by man. It was built by this thing. It goes through a slide. You see it like uh, dozens of these monkey things building, uh, putting together a building, wood and lumber and sawing and doing all and basically assembling. And they're building it to human scale. Yes. Well, even your monkey couldn't do that, Doc. 
then there's a and there's a short video clip of them basically going through the process, lots of ooks and eeks and so forth, you know. And then of course a couple come walking over, looking at the camera, making faces. <laughs> well, who trained them? We don't know. They don't. They don't. They don't speak any human languages, and they uh, basically show up and they build a building and they leave. Then the uh, mate ten ants and there's another slide comes over, showing these little green ant-like creatures in like uh, running along the sides of of, uh, of of a building. These little cre- creatures are are, are, are nano machines that maintain the building in, in original condition until such a time is occupied by a human being. Then they leave, and the, and the building starts aging normally at that time. So out in the forests, or in the, in, the, uh, in the wilderness of various places, you will find Dunkin' Donuts sitting there, ready to go. You'll find a log cabin. You'll find a house. You'll find various things sitting there. In, has in, anyone in, ever in, been able... To trace these using the air quotes maintenance back to their hive. They just go to the ground, and disappear. We've dug after them, and there's no sign of them. They just leave, and we don't know where they go. Oh, and the rest and the restore keys, and he shows on our slide, and you see a big troop get together around one restore key, who's wearing a feathered hairdress and carrying a spear. They start chanting and dancing, and then they vanish. Just pop like a magic trick. Yep. Only without the obvious jump cut you see in most movies. <laughs> stranger and stranger. Yeah, they're, those went out to someplace else to build another building. They're always building something, something, something somewhere. Uh... If you stand in the middle of one of those, you can't travel with them to the next construction site. Um, from experience, that could be a couple hundred of irons away from here. So we don't recommend doing that. Not quite a one-way ticket. Not quite, but you know, if you're, you know, if you're, um, what is that, two hundred thousand miles away, it may take you a while to get back home. Wait, wait, wait. That's larger than the surface of the Earth. Yeah. Uh, you may have, since you guys float, flew here, you probably saw that it looked like you could, just, you could see forever. Well, you can see forever because it's flat. There's no, cur- there's no obvious or visible curvature to this world. No, that can't be right. I'm, if you simply take the mass involved, the curvature of space-time itself is going to create a distortion. Yeah, one would think, but this place is flat. Flat as a pancake. Now, it could be, you know, for all we know, it could be a sphere light years in size, which is why it appears flat. But we don't know. Light years in size. Are you even listening to yourself? <laughs> sometimes I don't. I, 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 sometimes I wonder if I'm insane. Sometimes, but this is the way it is. 
Yeah, with a good telescope, you can see thousands of miles. Oh, I see this place needs some serious scientific investigation. You wouldn't be the first. Both of them go quietly cuckoo after a while. I'll keep that in mind. So, at this, you know, so, you know, all your folks are, are starting, you know, with, you know, whatever you had on your person. Some of you had some good salvage. Some of you didn't have as good salvage. Um, this is what you're going to live off of. And the doctor has told you, of course, every one of you about what's going to happen. Uh, if you had dentures, one guy just like puts his hand on his mouth and going, ah, oh, I got to see a dentist. And you look at his mouth, you just see like his, he's got like silver teeth all through his mouth, lots all silver through his mouth. Like he's got every tooth got a cavity or a filling. Or, or just replacement, replacement completely with a uh, cap. Oh yeah, he's got a, I got three implants, one crown, and about a dozen of fillings. I can want to see a dentist. I'm going to probably pull all my damn teeth out. Yeah, there might be some decent trade value in all that metal. Metal? Well, yeah, there's some silver in there, but most of it's ceramic. Which, again, goes over your head. Ceramic fillings. Uh Oh, I, I understand ceramics, but who's going to sit there on a potter's wheel and spend all that time to make teeth? I don't know. They use UV to set it. Interesting. Actually, I have a ceramic fillings, and they use UV to set it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind. It's, it's just the doctor's feeling like he's got some catching up to do. Uh which probably brings his next question up. I'm hearing terminology that implies that there's a more deeper understanding of some scientific principles that I'm familiar with. Assuming that we established, say, 1930 as a baseline, how far forward do visitors come from the future, in the future? Do we have somebody here from 3000 AD? No, one guy sort of raises his hand. He's wearing looks like a, a, a jumpsuit of some sort. Uh, not from 3000, but from 2562. My shuttle my, uh, my craft landed uh, badly. Do we have any scientists from that time frame? Nope. Nope. Pity. Not here. It's probably maybe a couple. You never know. Yeah, one fellow looks up. What are you talking about? What is this? Um, he's got really strange accents. It sounds almost Italian. He's wearing a toga. When well, I didn't tell him, he's wearing a tunic. What are you talking about? What is this? I was I was on the Appian Way and I made a left hand turn. Here I am. What's going on? It's he's. You realize he's speaking Latin, but it's sounding almost like English. Nick can, uh, Nick can understand him, but you're not quite sure how. Language doesn't work that way. <laughs> yes, we know. 
as, you, as, as tight goes on, you get better and better speaking common, whatever the heck it is. Not quite sure if you actually speak English anymore. All this implies that there is some design, some method, uh, some overlord that's setting all of this up according to a plan. Has anyone been able to reach these people? Oh, we've tried everything. You know, people have built giant... I know one. there was a project in... Uh, Almost Canada to build a giant radio radio system with ultra low frequency, thinking that would work. Didn't work. Uh, there were some mystics from um, oh, where is that? From Magic Cost who tried you know wishing wishing the person up. Didn't work. Duh. <laughs> oh, don't you know? Don't diss magic. It works in places. Well, from what I've seen, it apparently. Abounds. Yeah. But uh, at this, but, but you know, at this point, you know, like to be said before, I remember it bears repeating. You're not getting home. Uh, you'll see people every so often try to make a left hand turn at, at a whim, see if they can get back home. You're not getting back home. So far, no one we know of has disappeared. Uh, Except for the monkeys. Yeah, the monkeys tell, but the monkeys report are teleporting. We, you know, that, that's easy enough to verify. So far, we, you know, <laughs> and the, the other question: If you die, do you come back someplace else? We don't know. But if it's a infinite horizon, you, the odds of you meeting. Someone you know again is probably close to infinity as well. Yep, that's true. Also, not all you folks here are from the same Earth. I bet there's that future guy. You're probably, uh, he says, writing off a little bit of future history, which makes no sense. And the guy says, no, that didn't happen. Yep, you're from a different future than than mine. I'm also from 2478. And what you described did not happen in my in my future in my in my history. So we're from different time we're different different timelines. So whoever's bringing us here is plucking us out from from multiple parallel worlds. So oh. far we have not and we and thing is we have met a few aliens. There are a couple of aliens living here. Interesting. They somehow got uh, sucked up into this. They're quite lonely. They haven't, they haven't found any more of their kinds. So if you see a little guy, he's about three foot tall, gray skin, big olive, big almond-shaped eyes. This, yo, buy him a beer. You know, he'll appreciate it. <laughs> and you'll get a story. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't smoke none of his weed, though. Fantastic. Pretty much, it breaks down to you know. It comes down to while you're in, you you don't have to get a job. You know, your money's going to last so long. I mean, basically, uh, forty dollars will get you if you like living in a wop in a flop house. Uh, forty dollars will get you 
is that? Yeah, boarding house will get you for get you a month, you know, in a in an average boarding house. That does include meals, so that that that's an advantage. Well, one would hope that we can get the Betty uh, ship shape and certified before then, and then we'll be able to name our job. There you go. Well, you're gonna, if you're going to do that, you need, to, you need to get a pilot's license. Because they ain't going to let you fly until you get a pilot's license. All right. So how do I go about doing that? Well, you're in New Akron. You're in the best place to get, to get training. Yeah, where is that? We're looking at right now. Pilot. Pilot. Gremlins. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right. Yeah, being in uh, in New Akron, you can go to the to the uh, to the uh, to the Lindbergh School of Flight. How appropriate? Yep. Now it, it's going to cost you a hundred dollars to to take the to take the course. Hmm. And trust me, you know, it's what it means you guys need to find a job until then, until you can get, get enough money for, for him to take the course. Well, um. Well, we have some gear that, uh. Hey, you, you got, you, you know, you got that, you got that, your, your, uh, two, two dollars worth of fuel left. Yeah, I'm bored you can sell. Yeah. We'll do that. So that there's that. Now the course is twelve weeks. Six uh most of it's actually in how to use the crystal to fly your aircraft. Um, mm. it's sort of like you're playing with boy it's sort of like playing with buoyancy. It's sort of, the best way to explain it, it's like if you had regular airplanes and um in um, 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 uh, Sky Galleons of Mars, where you got to constantly adjust. <laughs> That'll get a look. <laughs> oh no 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 no! This, this is not a game stuff. This is not a game. I, I, uh, this is not a game. Ba- uh, basically, you're, well, you're, you mean something like what uh, uh, Mr. Burroughs wrote yeah, uh, for yeah. uh, the Barsoom's uh, book. That's true. Yeah, you're yeah you're constantly adjusting how much lift you have, how much. Weight you have for your condi- for the conditions, the air conditions. You might want to fly a little heavy because the winds are blowing hard. You might want to fly light when it's when it's you know when it's calm. You know, and also balances your ship. It's like it's like having a balloon inside, but that'll be covered in the air in the in the course. Hmm. Yeah, but right now you need to get at least enough money to you know. Like I said, you get the course is twelve weeks, so you definitely don't need you know you only get one month of fr- one month free in the in the local hotel. Then out out you go. Well, hopefully within a month, uh, we, we we have a a few more options available. Mm-hmm. Well, Nick, uh, it seems like um, I need to get a uh, job uh, fixing and maybe uh, creating some things. Learning uh, as much as I can. Uh, 
until, until you get licensed, uh, we're kind of grounded. And you get a certificate of airworthiness on your aircraft, too, as well. I mean, if you had the petrol, you could fly it. They let you fly it with petrol, but uh, when people are quoting like forty dollars for like two for like about you know uh, two dollars worth of gas, <laughs> uh, that probably take all your money just to fill the tank up halfway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're definitely going to need uh, carburetors uh, so we can get the right mixture of uh, alcohol and air. Yeah. Uh, Possibly need to swap out a few uh, engine parts to handle the differences in uh, temperature and corrosion. Because mm-hmm. uh, alcohol, alcohol burns hotter if I remember correctly. Yes. Yeah. And, and there's also a lot of uh, water in the system, which can cause uh, corrosion to systems not designed to deal with it. Um, hmm. Of course, we'll have to secure a, a, a lightning. Mean crystal. <laughs> uh, oh, I remember you only got a week free on on, uh, on dockage. Yeah. After, yeah. The, after that, it's like about uh, what's that say like four dollars a week. After that. Yeah, yeah. It's not bad, but uh, let's see. Wages unskilled? No, skilled. Yes. Skilled uh, for the right job. Is being offered. <laughs> I said, like, I said, like, there's peril right there, finding a job. <laughs> so if you don't want me, if you don't want to spend a peril, you'll probably end up digging ditches. <laughs> uh, honestly, uh, doctor and surgeon pay real well, but. Uh, that that might be a tough gig to get. Yeah, because it's pretty much they're doing they're doing they're not doing because um, they're doing more like removing things and taking things out and you know and you know surgeons are busy cutting open limbs and removing pins from arms. Like I was going, I have I have a big titanium pin in my arm and, and about three plates. It takes surgery to get those suckers out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would hate to think what would happen if you came through with an artificial heart. No one's done that yet. <laughs> that, at, least, at least no one, you know, for all we know, it might, it might just work in tandem for a while, then all of a sudden, rip his chest open to get the damn thing out. <laughs> that actually, you're right, that actually requires surgery to get out. <laughs> just a little bit, yes. Yeah. Either that, or you uh, sit there and rewire the plumbing and have it uh, appear in a different part. That's uh, what I go to. Well, no, no cyborg men from the future. <laughs> Poor cyborg men from the future usually end up dying unless they go to Noram. <laughs> they go to Noram, they're okay. If you, if you mention this cyborg or you know, these robot men or something like that, they say, "Well, let's go to Noram." Noram will actually—they're okay being that way in Noram. But, so so, so all, all, all these mystic rules vary from one environment to the next? Yep. Magic costs. Magic works. Noram is some uh, high-tech hell. 
Uh, there's battle robots flying around, nanotech, wild nanotech out in the fields. Uh, all sorts of things going out there. It's, it's damn dangerous. It's like the well, remains of a, of a nuclear war. So anyway, so... Gruesome. Uh, do the lightning crystals work everywhere? Oh, yeah. Or can you fly over an island and all of a sudden uh, regain all your weight? They are universal. We do, Interesting. We, we don't know how they work. All you have to do is apply a, a, a current to the crystal, and as long as wherever it's attached to is not grounded, uh, it will basically reduce the, basically offsets the mass of the aircraft or wherever you have it attached to. Hmm. Strange combination of capacitance, but yeah, not for I, electricity. I mean, it doesn't actually reduce your mass. If it did that, you you just you, you just bounce around the cabin. <laughs> no, you still can't, you still retain your normal uh, uh, mass and your normal you know momentum. That's it's just that your plane's got a equivalent of a of a big balloon inside lifting it up. Hmm. Interesting. Well. Um, I think the thing to, to do is to uh, see if there's any doctor or surgeon positions uh, available. I am uh, quite skilled in a number of techniques, including some experimental medicine, and I might be able to render some assistance there and find a okay. job that will keep us uh, out of the poorhouse. So do you want to spend a point of peril, or do you want me to dictate what happens? Oh, we're going to spend a point of peril on that. Because uh, I know the GM, I'm going to be working in a slaughterhouse disassembling cattle. <laughs> oh, well, if you're lucky. <laughs> so that's good. So you get five dice for your science, and you'll get two dice for medicine, which is, I think is applicable. Okay, so let's fire up Catch Your Hair. And like I said, I'm going to go D12s because I'm a scientist. Uh, see, science use gold dice. Let's see. And one, and two, and three, and four, and five. <laughs> okay. Here you go. Let's... So you can dictate five things about the job you, you found then. Okay. Uh, how much story power do, do, do I... Uh, you get to dictate five things that happen. I, so you get, a lot, you get a lot of story power on this. Okay, so dice number one. During our physical examination, they mentioned that uh, they're shorthanded. Uh, dice number two. I casually mentioned uh, the, the uh, medical uh, training that I uh, received and I and my desire to, to be gainfully employed. Uh, let's see. Let, let's see. Dice number three. Uh, okay. Uh, so can I, can I do things like say that uh, one of the uh, other people are going through the examination has a medical crisis and... Uh, I'm Johnny on the spot to help uh, save that person's life. Sure. Okay. Oh, also, this is this is when you actually also add peril. You can use one of those dice to give yourself peril to get a dog point of peril back. 
Well, okay, since I have five successes, can I like declare uh, that this fellow is in peril, then use a die to say, and I uh, use the uh, overman technique to uh, save his life. What you could do is say that, you know, you're, you're pretty much, your job's on the line at this point if this guy dies at the table, more or less. So, okay. you know, you're, you're starting out and losing a person can lose, pretty much lose your job. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of finicky that way. Uh, but then I also have my uh, fifth dice uh, where I, I'm able to do a successful analysis of the problem and uh, uh, restore uh, uh, him to well-being. There you go. And yeah, you, you pretty much impress him. So let's see. Of course, you didn't see how much you get paid. So... Um, they, 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 they're impressed of your job, so they actually are paying you about $150 a week. That works for me. Uh, I'll dust my hands and look over at Nick. Oh, got that taken care of. <laughs> yeah. yeah and that's, uh, yeah, so after the first week or so, uh, you, you, know, you, have, you have to find a flight, you got to find some place to stay. Uh, they, you know, New Akron has two. You know, a lot of buildings have been claimed uh, by by salvagers. So basically, you, you know, uh, in the old days, people would just go find a building and walk inside, say it's mine, and step shop. Well, the, all those any any really available uh, living space has been claimed by people, and therefore, they're, they're, you, you have to rent a place. Or you can head out in the wilderness and see if you can find something. But since you're working, doing doctor's work at the orientation clinic, uh, you want to stay close by. So uh, your choice is probably just to find an uh, apartment or something to stay in. Yeah, actually the, uh, the whole room and board thing is uh, sufficient uh, in that uh, I don't have to worry about shopping and cooking or anything like that. And... Uh, as an action man of science, shopping and cooking weren't high on my skill lists. And yeah. uh, what I'd like to do is hopefully make enough money that we can uh, get uh, Nick certified, cover our overhead, and uh, yeah. uh, put a little bit away for uh, spare parts that we're going to need. Yeah. With, this and, nice, with this nice little boarding house, it's run by uh, one Agatha McGillicuddy. Now, when I say boarding house... She actually found a, ho- a, mo- a, mo- a, a hotel that was unoccupied, and she, and she claimed it, and it's hers. She homesteaded it, basically. That is just bizarre. That, it was there, fully stocked, waiting for her. And, yeah, and she, she went to the boarding house, and now it's a hotel. You know, so, because uh, uh, it's, hot- it's one of these older hotels where you actually... Uh, you have to, you know, actually, you're used to this. Bathroom down the hall. <laughs> the bathroom's down the hall. So, yeah, there's no, you know, it's just a room. And then it's, but she runs at the boarding house because people come through all the time. And uh, you share it with a bunch of day laborers who come who come on by her so often for various projects. No problem. I think one of the things I, I'd, lo- I'd love to do is learn more about this technology uh, for converting uh, airplanes and, uh, See what it would take to get the uh, skills and the raw materials to, to uh, create well, our own fix. Well, the Akron Library is quite willing to rent you a book for about a penny a day. 
<laughs> Everything has a price. There's, and these books actually were written. You can tell there's a distinct difference between books that someone found in a library and books they've made here themselves. Because uh, you have these massive pretty presses that no one knows how to use. <laughs> the thing about it, you have a printing press, all that's paper, and no instructions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a very specialized skill on how to operate one of those. So, yeah, the paper here, the, you can tell it's a local made book because it looks like it was printed on an offset press, you know, twist, 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 you know, like Ben Franklin used to do. Mm -hmm. Nice rustic feel, but. Uh, yeah. Uh, between uh, that and uh, the classes, uh, we're going to get Nick uh, in on pilot certification. You don't mind, do you, Nick? No. <laughs> just, you get the easy job. You get to be a student. <laughs> nah, he just has to pass pass the final. Ooh, peril. No. Uh. <laughs> it can be. It shouldn't be, but it could be. Well, there's actually a whole section in the book about how to pass, I'm passing the test. You know, oh. you, you know, on final exams, there's a whole section on final exams. So yeah, there's peril. But anyway, so uh, yeah, lightning crystals, best you can tell. You put a curtain. They were discovered by accident. They found a UFO. That had the uh, that was running on magnetic uh, magnetic. Uh, propulsion, but it had lightning it had lightning crystal inside to make it lighter. No idea where it came from. There was uh, the bodies were human. Ah, magnetic propulsion. I remember our compass when we first arrived here. Probably not a good idea. Probably why they crashed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they basically found the uh, and they played with the crystals, and they found that if you run a current through it. Uh, it reduces the, uh, the amount of current. We will determine how uh, how much weight the crystal um, um, offsets. There we go. And crystals come in different colors. The best crystals are green, and they usually give you the you know pretty much uh, that's a voltage you know chart there for how much lithium you get. But after a while, crystals age. Especially if you over, if you uh, run too much current to the crystal, uh, if they turn yellow, there there could be a there could be a problem. Um, you basically don't worry about you know, they, they may uh, you may run into a problem where they basically may hiccup and or crack. If they crack, they stop almost immediately stop working at that point. And in an airplane with alcohol engines. Well, it's not an immediate disaster, but one you should be prepared for. <laughs> yeah. Which is why the red crystals are cheapest. Red crystals are the cheapest crystals you can buy because, well, uh, they're basically uh, actually bright. Actually, no one sells bright red because you get it because people will shoot you for that. Uh, bright red crystals will almost fail immediately. But red crystals, uh, let's see. Yeah, if you notice, uh, red not, uh, yeah. This, I'm going to red nodule. I put red nodule. 
yeah, you can get cheap crystals, but you know, normally the, the, the lower the price, it's more likely a yellow crystal, or even a uh, slightly orange orange colored crystal. And it's starting to go go you know go over to to the danger side. Uh, let's see anything else? Yeah, as they get red, they can also immediately they can lose half their lift at that point. So you know, uh, the crystals are more or less tuned to the amount of weight. So you're going to fly your based on on, on the numbers. Uh, to get, get the uh, Betty back up in the air, you would need a a, a, a decent medium-sized crystal to get the right. Betty, Betty flying. And a, and a finished medium-sized crystal in a sample, okay, crystal by itself can bring up to $300. If you want in an assembly ready to go, $2,000. Yeah. We're cheap and smart. Trouble is, trouble is the parts. A lot of parts are some of these fancy electronic parts you've never seen before. They they, they start talking about microprocessors and crap like that, which you've never heard of before. Ah, Overrated. All we need is a good rheostat. Well, that's all you know. Yeah, you'd be running, you'd be sitting going, yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. Uh, come on. I mean, you, you can't run the crystal on a whole bunch of sliders, <laughs> just could. like a, a mixer board. <laughs> Actually, that's how the first ones were done, but it, it, it was a dedicated person running the crystal. It couldn't do anything else but run the crystal. It was like, you know, because they're touchy, and the microprocessors do half the work for you. They actually do three-quarters of the work for you. So, yeah, most aircraft, you know, if you, if you go to the airfield, they'll show you the, 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 the you know, you see the crystal in the assembly. It's you know, uh, it, it's in the center of mass of the aircraft, mm-hmm. uh, which so it means it's actually on a slider. So you can slide it back and forth depending on your load of the aircraft. If you got a cargo craft, and it, it's a big green crystal in this little in this little assembly. Up front, the pilot just has got like three switches, you know, three switches and then one slider for controlling the amount of lift. Uh, he says, "If you want to see a, if you want to see a nightmare." And you go in that Russian air, that Russian aircraft, sea craft is in dock. It's in dock a lot because when you got, if you get, if you talk nice to the guy who runs it, you see, go inside. My God, there's a, you know, the, the guy who runs that crystal. There's a board with dials and sliders and knobs and rheostats and buttons and, and switches. Surprisingly comforting. <laughs> So that's understandable. That's hands-on control. You can get a feel for your instrumentation. Well, you know, if you guys want to, we can, you know, um, if we <laughs> if we get a flight, we can go. I usually run cargo off over to a little Texas sometime. If you feel like it, I give you. Uh, if you guys want to like work in passage, you know, take you over to see show you how the thing works. I uh, appreciate the offer, but uh, I've got a stable gig right now uh, at the hospital. Mm-hmm. It, it's a bloody mess, but it does pay the bills. So what's Nick doing? It? Have you have you signed up for the class then, I guess? Yes. Yeah. They, they, you, you, I can say right now, you test through basic flight with no problem. You know, they realize you're a pilot already. 
So you test your basic flight. But then they put you on one of the trainers. Uh, it's, a, it's a beach craft, which you've never seen before, with controls you've never seen before, but you still can fly. I mean, it's a lot of the basics are there. Uh, we're, we're talking about a 1950s beach craft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but well, at, a, at a certain point, you hit a technology curve, and they get easier. <laughs> yeah. But it, your first flight, it's with a, it's with a, uh, the co-pilot's doing, you know, he walks you through it, and it's, it is uh, really different. First off, you, you feel like, they, you know, first they have you taxi with the crystal turned off. And no matter how hard you try, you really can't get airspeed enough to get off the ground. <laughs> That engine just spins, but it's you look at your evolutions. You got your not enough evolutions. It's just not enough to get off the ground. You know, if you were airborne, yeah, you could probably fly. But okay, maybe more like a controlled descent. It's more accurate. <laughs> <clears throat> but then he turned the crystal on, and it's a whole different beast. For one thing, any any uh, crosswinds are are a bear. Because he blow you off, of course, literally. Yeah. I imagine joints and uh, cracks in the in the in the runway. Every single one causes the plane to bounce. Oh yeah. Well, for takeoff, these are just you're only taking like to half weight, so it reduces the the Beechcraft to half. Uh, it's not too bad, but you yeah, it should still be pretty skittish though. Yeah. Yeah, but once yeah, and, and landing is also fun. They they have you do a proper landing, and then they you know actually they have you do a touch and go. So you come down like for a proper landing, you touch, and you take off again. You've used to do a touch and go. Then the then the, uh, the instructor takes over. Now this is how most folks land these airplanes. He kills the engine, takes the crystal, picks it up to full, takes it up higher, so it's, the aircraft's even lighter, and you flutter down. And come to a dainty landing on the grass. <laughs> oh, it's kind of like a parachute with wings. Yeah. <laughs> Second, you, you get firm contact with the ground. Whoop! The aircraft gains all its mass back again. So yeah, but he's, the trick was as you watch the guy doing it, because he has to take out for the wind, and he doesn't want the airplane to flip over. Because you could easily flip over in the, at, the, at this weight reduction from a from a from a from a up from a downdraft or an up or an updraft, mm-hmm. could easily flip the airplane over. So it's it's you know, but he says that's you know, we kind of frown on that. One a couple of guys once landed a DC three right in the middle of of, of uh, Windsor, Ontario, Windsor in almost Canada. They had to take the damn thing thing apart to get it out of there. <laughs> <laughs> he landed right in the intersection. It's floated right on down as big as you please. Well, it's nice to know you can do that and walk away from it. Yeah. They tried lightening it, but they just couldn't. No one could actually get out of there. You know, even even lightened, they couldn't get it out of there. And then basically the classes are all over about, you know, various things. He takes you up uh, to like a normal flight altitude, like about 5,000, and then he kills Crystal. That's so you can, you know, and then, and then he kills the engine, so you get to figure, so you, you know, get a chance to, to practice, you know, flying without without the crystal. Also, he takes you up to 5,000 feet and kills the crystal. 
I mean, kill, well, the engine and then in, well, the crystal. And yeah, you got a glide, you have a glide rate of three to one. <laughs> oh. yeah. It's not too bad. That's like with an F4. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not quite falling out of the sky. Yeah, that's only because you got the engine running at that point. If you take the engine, uh, uh, I would say a decent beach craft probably has a four to one. No, no, it'd probably be four to one. A four to one glide path. Uh, with the engine, you can probably push it to five to one, so you actually have some control. You are going to land first time, so there's no, you know, go around and do it again. It's very much, you're going to have to land first time. And he does have you try, you know, practice that. He's pretty confident you're able to do that, and you are good at that. Yeah. yeah. So, so eventually you realize, they, they finally, your graduation is a solo flight with full lift, um. And uh, well, do you want me to tell you how the flight goes? <laughs> I'm, you're breaking up. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Breaking up both uh, ways. It's a Skype thing. Yeah. Am I okay now? Am I still breaking? Am I still breaking up? Uh, that that was better. That last sentence I heard at least. Uh, testing one, two, three. That's understandable. Okay. It doesn't help that I have a croaky voice mm-hmm. coupled with cyborging. Sorry about that. I'll get a little closer to the mic. So, final exam comes up. Do you want me to, dic- to uh, dictate how it goes, or do you want to spend, you want to spend a point of peril and do it yourself? Uh, let's see how it goes. Thank you. Let's see how that that works. All right. Let me dictate. Okay. Let's see. So I actually have a few questions. Have you been uh, Have you been slacking during the classes, or you have been attent and uh, talking Nick Sampson? Have you been slacking? <laughs> no. No. This is a, he's a. Uh, you know, a natural pilot, so this is he loves this. Okay. Uh let's see. Did you have did you go out and go for a bender the night before? <laughs> no, that's the night after. Ah, okay. You'd be surprised if you'll go for a bender the night before. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <coughs> oh, sorry. And, ooh. Yeah. So yeah, the, your first, your first solo, your your basically your graduation flight, because the exams are per more or less, you know, uh, not not too bad. Um, you got it. You got a. Uh, uh, you basically got a passing. You got a passing grade in your written exams. You got a sixty. Your flight, your your solo flight, though, which is what you really have to pass, goes without a hitch. I mean, you know, you basically um, take the thing off. You know, you take the take the aircraft off. With you know, we're talking like you know, fifty feet of runway, and you're up 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 in the air flying. Uh, you basically handle all these situations. You go through all the appropriate uh, tests you have to do for the uh, for the te- for the flight the. Uh, for the solo flight, 
uh, a touch and go. You prove that you can actually do a uh, handle a, uh, a dead sick landing, and uh, you do a no crystal, no engine landing, at least an approach. And then you keep the engine back in again and fly and, and fly off. And they basically, you 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 pretty much ace the solo flight. You can offer a landing. So yeah, it's. It's time for a lo- for the local hooch. <laughs> yeah. Get the dock and go hit go celebrate. Yeah. So, and they give you your and they give you your new set of wings. Putting those on my yeah my flight jacket. Mm-hmm. You got a new certificate now. This trick is getting the Betty back in the air. Yeah. Because right now, let's see, because right now, after you've flown a couple guys, uh, a couple uh, cigars, you, you recognize the type. They run a business. There's, they're chopping cigars. People here smoke. You know, they say you can't get cancer, so yeah, we smoke. Everyone smokes. <laughs> Smoking's good for you. What, yeah. what, what would it be a problem? <laughs> That's spirit. And I, and I like the way you flew there. You really, you're a natural. I like to hire you for my for my flight for my uh, for for my uh, air cargo company. Well, I'd be interested. I hear you got your own airplane. Uh, yes, we have to make a few adjustments to adapt it to to the. Uh, now that's some peculiarities of this world. Now that's gonna cost you a pretty penny, you know. Unless you uh, getting the, the king of whole assemblies called pie costs you oh yeah, probably a year's wages. Unless of course you find some good salvage out there, you make some money that way. You know, because uh, yeah. you, know, uh, you do have a. a, a I am looking at the. I'm looking for a pilot to a run from uh, here to uh, from here to uh, 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 where am I want to go to New Pittsburgh. Looking for another pilot to go there. Uh, the current pilot he's looking at. He's getting all itchy feet. And what you know about New Pittsburgh? Uh, a little background. New Pittsburgh. Akron is like the home of flight. You start realizing everything here is this crazy, you know, about, you know, flight new Akron. There's a lot of aircraft manufacturing and so forth. Lots of air, air cargo businesses are based in uh, new Akron. Uh, new Pittsburgh. Where is that? There we go. New Pittsburgh is more, uh, it is uh, manufacturing. This is where a lot of industries are in place. And people who have figured out how to run the mills, at least some of the mills. And uh, they also do a lot of recycling there, too. They'll, 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 people will bring, you know, uh, salvage they find and take the Pittsburgh where it gets uh, recycled into new equipment new, and new devices. Let's see. Anything else? Oh, I got a blue cup. Oh, okay. Uh, are you back? I'm back. Okay. 
I was basically New Pittsburgh is home for is a home of industry you know, where you know uh, a lot of scavengers will take their salvage to uh oh there goes Todd well he had a lot of time where they take a lot of salvage to the uh, to there and it gets recycled uh, it's all gonna be air cargoed in though so you know and he you know and he has he's large. Uh, yeah, it's one of the one of the larger aircrafts, and you look at it and you just and it's 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 a it's a freaking galaxy. The C <laughs> the C the C was it C forty seven galaxy? Uh, C five. Yeah, C five galaxy. Yeah, it's a, it's a C freaking five galaxy. Ever flown one of these before? That's uh, a little bigger than uh, than what I'm used to, but. I'm sure I can handle it. Yeah, you go inside, and it's like, oh my god! <laughs> you, you you thought you had controls on a beachcraft. This sucker here, it's got like you know, dials and everything, and and you realize that some of the dials glow. This is a C. This is a C5 with an upgrade to uh, to electronic to it with two electronic uh, controls. And the gla- and glass and a glass cockpit. It's like you're, you know, are we willing to, you know, uh, pay to have you tra- train to fly this thing? Of course, right now, uh, I figure this thing is uh, probably maybe a little bit, little bit, little bit uh, outside your area because uh, I've seen your aircraft. <laughs> you're a bit, a bit of sticking, sticking rudder guy, but yeah, this. Yeah. Well. Dukas and DC threes are probably more your, your more your style. Yes. Well. Eventually, I'm looking for a new top seat for this for this baby. Well, you start out. You would start out as co-pilot for this aircraft if you, if you you know if you if we would get you to qualify. I'm I'm a quick study so. Oh, yeah, if you roll the right dice, yeah, you're quick steady. <laughs> you figure it out, yeah. But, uh, but you don't have to, you don't have to decide right now because you've probably got other offers too, and you, you do have other offers. Some of them along the same line. There's some smaller, uh, smaller uh, air, air shops there. You know, cargo haulers looking for uh, pilots. You see an awful lot of DC three, so. In fact, you see when you go to the the the, uh, the airfield, uh, there are it's like someone must have opened up the uh, the the the, the cracker jack box. It was just full of nothing but DC threes, <laughs> <laughs> and just like, DC threes everywhere. Until you actually someone tells you why there are so many DC threes, and that's because oops, yeah, well. Oh come on! Oh, the boneyard. The boneyard is a. Uh, it's it's just this little valley. And in this valley, it's just nothing but wall to wall DC threes. We have yet to be. Able, we don't know. We think there's something in there is making DC threes. Now, not all of them are flyable. Most of them have to be towed, you know, ground, you know, towed on, on the ground, or at least built, rebuilt there to make them flyable. 
<laughs> but the, yeah, you, you can find a lot of people just go there for parts. It's grab a DC three, yank it out. Uh, once you get once you get done taking care of the, uh, I get their name. Name of the engines that they have here. Uh, uh, alcohol burning. Well, they're, they're standard. They're, they're, a lot of them are like wet. Um, so they're like our Earth DC-3s. Yeah, you got some uh, various engines. Um, uh, they got whirlwinds. You got the... Uh, uh, I want to say rat and pitney, but that's, that's wrong, uh, wrong term. Brain just shot. But, you know, various engines, you know, uh, various all types of engines and so forth. Trouble is getting the aircraft out of the valley. It's, uh, there's these, uh, uh, folks called the, uh, I, I, Ganache. Uh, they will attack you if you go into the valley. And they'll try to kill you and eat you. These are humans? What? They're sort of like humans. Not quite. Uh, they may attack you one at a time. You may get hit by a swarm of a hundred other bitches. But yeah, it's yeah. We pretty much use uh, um, alcohol. There's some biodiesel being being created. It's like biodiesel. Uh, there's a few guys working with steam. I see a few steam airplanes fly around here. Yeah. If you're gonna nullify enough weight, why yeah. not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. He's got you know, like I said, he's been offered a really cushy job. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll uh, you know do some asking around at. Uh, from the other pilots and stuff, and see what place looks like it's, that I've gotten offers from. Sounds like the the best. Well, the guy you actually talked to offered you that one job flying cargo to uh, New Pittsburgh. Most of the pilots say, "Yeah, most people work for them. Like, work for them from like uh, six months to a year, and they and they got to get the hell out of there." He's a slave driver. He's. He's got airplanes in the air all the time, and you may get six hours of sleep in your airplane waiting to take off the next morning. Mm. He's he's constantly just turning things over and turning things over. So yeah, yeah, a lot of young pilots go there for him, and he's been trying to find some some of a bitch to try to fly that C five of his. <laughs> I mean, he bought that sucker in an auction. And he found out, you know, one, it had it had a broken crystal, so he had to buy a new crystal for it. And he had to buy a big one for it, so he was not happy with that. And the only thing, the only way you can make money with that sucker is to carry it full. Which means he needs, you know, he needs to get a big load of stuff. So you probably won't, you know, if you're flying that thing, you may be flying it once a month. It'll take him, it'll take him that long to get enough, get enough salvage to, to uh, fly it. I think he uses it mostly to entice people that can work for him. Then he sticks them on his DC-3s and then he runs them until, he, until, until they're worn out. Okay. Well, so funny. 
want to work for him, I wouldn't uh, would want to look at other options quickly. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So yeah, you, you know, you check out some of the other folks. I mean, you got offers from some small time, you know, uh, some small time uh, uh, cargo haulers. Uh, there's one that's you know they just bought their, they just got their second DC three, and they're looking for a pilot. What was that? I guess he just posted. Oh yeah, things were out too. But yeah, no. If you think about you know if you're if you're getting only six hours of sleep between between missions, and you're probably sleeping in the in in the cabin of the aircraft. You don't get a lot of good rest around here. True, but, you know, it, it's just, it's an odd observation. People regenerate. Machines wear out. Yeah. But, yeah, some small, like, there's a small firm. They basically, they do odd, they basically they do odd jobs. They carry cargo for various folks and so forth. Uh, you know, they, like, they haul, I mean, besides, uh, uh, besides, the new Akron does produce some uh, biodiesel and some, but lots of alcohol. Alcohol is pretty much uh, de rigor for a lot of, for, for fuel. I mean, it's, it's the easiest thing to, to, to make. Uh, biodiesel is a bit more expensive. And the terms like biodiesel, you like biodiesel? Well, actually, you know, if you're familiar with diesel engines, you know that diesels. If it, if it, if you can if you can get into a uh, into an aerosol, and then squeeze it hard enough, it'll burn. The original the original diesel engine was built to run off of coal dust. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But you, you basically uh, most of the places you look at. Uh, this guy, you know, uh, I'm quite sure he was going to pay you, but most of the places are going for a brand new pilot. And, you know, and the, you know they're, they're considering you a brand new pilot, even though you're you're an experienced flight uh, air, uh, flyer. Uh, they probably won't pay, they probably will pay you about. Um, oh, I just I just looked at it, my brain and went dude and company pilot. Yeah, they'll probably pay you about maybe two hundred dollars a week. Uh, when you fly, you know, so. Okay. Well, let's. Let's get towards saving the money up. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, well, let's just uh, go with one of those. Little mom and pops. One of these little mom and pop shops. Yeah. So yeah, you're welcome. More okay. So I'll let you even describe it. Uh, you know, they, they they got their second DC three, which is all submarining. Uh, it's a lime green crystal, which if from your remember from your classes means it's it's not not the freshest. It's not not red, so it's yeah. <laughs> no. No, no, the, the, the color green they're referring to is pretty much the color green you, the color green of 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 radi of of of, of, of um, radiator fluid. That okay. Ne, that neon green. Yeah. This is a little bit more limeish green. But still, yeah. 
So what's the doc? Doc's gonna let him fly off by himself. Well, he's a big boy. Um, actually, um, d depending on what kind of missions he's flying, they may have a need for someone who's trained in uh, repair or uh, medical skills. The flying doctor. Well, it could happen, or maybe they need to ship medicines or something like that. I mean, Aramis Or it just might be a slow week and not a lot of people coming in uh, yeah. for uh, procedures. Yeah. It is. And you can always get some. I mean, it's, it's been 12 weeks now. You know, you've been here, and yes, that tooth came out, and a new tooth. Oh. Yeah. And a new tooth grew in. And also, you notice that when Nick takes his shirt off, he has no scars anymore. All the scars went away. Mm -hmm. You have to work on that. Probably <laughs> recognize myself. Yeah, especially with that one bullet wound on your on the, you had, you always wanted to keep. It's a reminder of that one of, the, of your last girlfriend. <laughs> 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 That didn't she sound was fiery. Um. So yeah, yeah, yeah. If you go where, yeah, the, 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 the first couple of missions are are this little they they, they call them puddle jumpers. Uh, you're flying in the co-pilot seat with the with a, with another pilot, so you get to learn the route initially, so you can learn the, learn the routes and also familiarize yourself with the controls of the DC three. So the first couple of weeks, it's you know, milk milk runs. You know, you're flying over to Tuva, you're flying over to Little Texas, flying over to New Pittsburgh. You know, it's you get to see a lot of the country, and it is, and you can confirm to to, to the doc. Uh, it is, as far as you can tell, it is flat. Pair of binoculars, you can see islands going off into the distance. Hmm. You know. Each place is a little different. Texas, Texas, that's full of Texans. <laughs> that's uh, quite. I wonder how that happened. <laughs> Tuva, Mongols. They have I'm just of, thinking of uh, Little Texas being the Lone Square State. <laughs> I like that one, Lone Square State. But yeah, it's, a whole other environment. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, you get to the point where yeah, they, they figure you can fly the uh, fly the second uh, DC three, uh, and they'll give you the and they'll give you the run to as uh, a run to Tuva, which is I can't go do the math, but it's like three hundred miles away. Oh, uh, well, that's neighborly then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you look at the if you if you go back over to the map, New Akron's in the middle. Tuva is in the lower right hand, lower left hand corner. Actually, it's a route. So you go from New Akron to Tuva to almost Canada back to New Akron. Basically, what you go to Tuva is you're carrying alcohol, not for fuel. <laughs> the good Going stuff. Like their alcohol? Not necessarily good stuff either. <laughs> well, yeah, they kind of like their alcohol. 
Oh. Uh, but you're going to pick up tea and coffee, though. Actually, no, oh, okay. That's how they get around their coffee limitation. They go to another environment that's favorable no, to no, it. No, actually, I'm sorry. You're going to pick up... Uh, no, I'm sorry. This is Tuva. Tuva is... Goat milk or something. <laughs> <laughs> Mare's blood. Well, its population is 20,000 people. Uh, it's a it's run it's run it's run by a, her, a, a hereditary chief. Uh, it's about the the technology there is about sixteen hundred. Common era, so you know we're talking you know uh, founding father stuff. They do have they do well, have radio though. Sixteen hundreds in Mongolia was probably you know middle age. <laughs> they do have ra- they do have radio. Uh, their industries are livestock, weaving, and art. So, pick up some dry goods. <laughs> Probably don't want to try to shove a livestock into a DC three. <laughs> uh, the background. The first center is a new background found on Reading City in an amazing structure called, called the Air Dock. In Tuva, they found goats and yaks. <laughs> That's about sums it up for any visitor. And considering that half the goats and uh, about three-quarters of the goats and about two-thirds of the yaks talk to you and then it will have conversations, not a whole lot of, uh, of yak beak is getting shipped out. You got yakky yaks. Yeah. Yak at you. Now, when I say 20,000, that's 20,000 <laughs> humans. doesn't count the, the animals. The animals are actually separate, a separate population. Uh, they are. They look like they look like Mongolian. You could even call them Tuvans. They do a lot of artwork, though. So their weaving is. They do a lot of this wonderful weaving that uh, that sells for good money in various places. So, what you're going to be picking up in Tuva after you deliver the uh, alcohol is a lot of well, oriental or, or, oriental rugs and tapestries, which you're then going to fly to Canada, almost Canada. And then from almost Canada, which is... <laughs> Back bacon and maple syrup <laughs> flows to <laughs> New Akron. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You see there. Actually, they, 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 uh, they, they have a lot of farming. So, yeah, in this case, you get a lot of aviation-grade alcohol. Or if you cut it with water, booze. Uh But I they, imagine purpose-made alcohol would be better tasty than aviation fuel. Yeah, yeah. Then again, you know, uh, the reason why we have such a wide variety of cocktails in America is because we had rot gut alcohol. And we had to cut it with something. I mean, yeah, to be honest, this is 100% alcohol. They've they 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 taken grains, you know. Barley. They have a large barley crop, so they basically uh, use that to uh, uh, brew alcohol, make alcohol, and then they distill it down to 100% alcohol. So that stuff would kill you if you tried drinking it. Mm-hmm. Just like Grandma used to make. Rex, we're being attacked. Don't you worry, Dolores. Old Rex will dodge those sky pirates. El Tarib, I knew I smelled something foul when I passed by Catawonga. 
Cal on the roof to it. Me? I'm gonna do some fancy flying. Man up, Tareem! Rick's Havoc is coming through! Explore the world of the hardwired hinterland. Visit the lands of New Akron, almost Canada, and New Old New York. Deal with Sky Pirates and the natives of Etawanga. It's your new home and your new life. Make of it what you will. The Hardwire Hinterland is a systemist role-playing campaign supplement from Tritech Games. You can use this supplement with any role-playing game rules that you like. Available as a PDF from TritechGames.com. That's TritechGames.com. Come to the Hardwire Hinterlands and let your imagination soar! You haven't seen the last of me. Yeah, well, the first of you turns my stomach. Hasty lumbagos, Tareeb. Rex, shut up and keep flying. Don't worry, Dolores. I'll keep them flying. Over the hardwired hinterland. They also got wool. There's a lot of sheep there. Of course, there's a lot of the sheep that have now formed collectives. And sell their own wool. <laughs> Animal form. Yeah, yeah. This is it, like, you should really shear me. I am top-notch quality. <laughs> well, no, they, they'll go over here. They'll, they'll show up and say, yeah, yeah, we're here for our shearing. Yeah, yeah, we'll pay. Here, here, here's 20 bucks for our shearing. And you'll shear a whole flock. There may be there, there may be a sheepdog with him, but he's going. Yeah, I'm their manager. <laughs> <laughs> At least he doesn't talk like a pimp. <laughs> yeah, check out this fine flock. <laughs> so you probably won't be picking up fuel, though. You're probably picking up grain and wool, and and almost Canada. Uh, you know. Uh, big canvas sacks and uh, bales of. Uh, yeah. Unprocessed wall. I can see that. And then you, well, and then you get back to uh, New Akron to uh, deliver the goods. That's your flight plan. So, how what does how what does it go? Oh, he's out of peril. Uh, <laughs> well, it depends. Uh, if oh no, he's uh, uh, no, he's still got one peril. That's right. You let me dictate. That's right. So yeah, he's got one peril. Yeah, so yeah, now we'll spend the peril on this one and see what. Uh... Well, let me search out first. So, the run from Tuva from Akron to Tuva is pretty much a milk run. You know, you land in Tuva, you say hi, you know, a couple, you know, a bunch of guys, you know, the, the guys are all smiling. Somehow they're all gap tooth. You have no idea why they're gap tooth, but they're all gap tooth. <laughs> all related. <laughs> Could be. I understand one person, you know. The birth rate in, in the hinterland is like one person out of a thousand. So babies are, children are almost unheard of in the, in the hinterland. Unless they come over, unless they, unless they pop over with a, a whole family that pops over. So, yeah. 
Population growth is very slow. But then again, no one dies, so it's... It just means they need to try harder. And yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they gladly take all that uh, all that booze that you brought because it's being flown from, you know, this is new Akron booze. Yeah. It's better stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Hardly any, hardly any formaldehyde in it. Yeah. And almost no lead. Unfortunately, <laughs> well, lead that much anyway. So yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> lead poisoning can make you, can affect you for a while. Then your body cleans it out, but it takes time. You know, it's not like it's 100 percent boom, you're healed. No, it's like you slowly leach it back out again. So poisons, unless they kill you immediately, you just get sick. And then it leaches out and it gets processed and then you're okay again. Then it's the new year. More. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to imagine, you know, Mongols and airplanes. And I can imagine that about the only thing they have is a dirt runway. And it's a DC-3. Then, then every week or month, whatever, the, the herdsmen and stuff congregate at the runway and wait for the plane to show up. And then it's all bargaining and bartering and uh, what have you. And then you, you take off. And you know, if you made good deals, uh, you're doing great. <laughs> yeah. but, but I can imagine it just a weird mix of modern technology and 16th century uh, world colliding. Well, you're probably landing at uh, Tozza, which is the uh, capital city. And Tozza is actually known for its garment district. Here you can buy a silk suit um, for, you know, like, you know, three or four bucks. That would cost you like 20 bucks or 30 bucks, you know, in New Akron. Hmm. Although even you know, the Achilles because you offer to import your jacket. No, they what, what do they put on it? You're not quite sure. You see it in the tapestries. You're not quite sure you want some of those things in your jacket. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, the landing's the landing's good. You know, you, you say hi to the guys and the horses. Or you know, they all reply back. All reply back. Horses <laughs> and got and the guys. That's going to take getting some used to. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The horses complain about the guys riding on their backs. No, 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 no. Let's see how that goes. Con, you're you're gaining some weight back there. <laughs> Go on a diet. <laughs> oh yeah. So, do horses? What they, do they age? No. Everything here ages slowly. So like horse now the chances like for horses become it's fifty fifty for horses become intelligent. That's usually in the first year. If it doesn't happen, it will never happen. Yeah. So in the first but, year uh, well, I was thinking is you know, a horse maybe has like, you know, five, ten years of uh, useful life. But here a, a horse can be alive long enough to become uh a master at whatever their job is. The figure of the aging rate is one year of age for every hundred years. So that horse is looking at close to what, a thousand years of, 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 of useful life. 
Be a sage of wisdom. Most is there basically the history is is most people the large influx came about two hundred years ago. So there are some folks who are older than that, but the majority of people here have been here for two hundred years or less. So yeah. Oh, and and the one species that almost always is intelligent is our cats. Only two percent never 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 become sentient. But they all become evil. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and most yaks, I mean, it's 20% will become sentient. So, yeah. <laughs> and interesting enough, the ones that aren't sentient have normal breeding process, have normal breeding. As soon as they become sentient, they get into the uh, abnormal breeding of only like one, or one, you know, basically they become infertile. Huh. And yes, a smart, a, a sentient animal can be born of a non-sentient parent. It's like the sentient animal fairy visits you, pop right on the nose. Congratulations, you have brains. Yeah. The more I learn about the world, the more. I see that it has a set of rules, and then it routinely tries to break those rules. Yep. <laughs> it's like, God built this great lab experiment, and then forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. Also, if you want that monkey assistant, he could be really good. Oh, yeah, 95% of, of all great apes turn into, become, become sentient. Yeah, but you know, having a, a monkey lab assistant would be kind of like... Oh, not not special. <laughs> now, some of those ponies, because they're all riding. Uh, you don't know what they got them. They're all riding you know, the uh, you typical uh, Mongolian ponies. Some of them, which are sentient, aren't being ridden because they're walking around on their hind legs. <laughs> they walk on their hind legs. <laughs> I, 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 a, a smaller percentage anthropomorphize. They develop hands. In this case, okay. they have, they have hoof, hoof, three-fingered hands, uh, basically a thumb, a thumb, and two fingers. Okay, somebody's got to be monkeying, monkeying with DNA, because humans don't regenerate, uh, and you don't spontaneously anthropomorphize in one generation. Well, from what you can tell with, with the cats, and you've, you've probably run into cats everywhere. They're, like, everywhere. Uh, for some reason, there's a lot of cats in, in, in around here. They, they don't actually anthropomorphize that much. All they really what happens is that one of their toes slides on down and turns into a thumb. And their front claw, their front toes grow a little bit longer to more useful fingers. But that's it. That's, that's dangerous enough. <laughs> that that's opening doors and cupboards and <laughs> picking pockets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the cat Fagan. You can't turn your back on a cat around here. Well, dogs can do the same thing too. They can either, dogs can either fully anthropomorphize or they can partially. Well, at least in the case of the dog, it'll it'll go like are you going to eat the rest of that? Yeah. <laughs> the cat will just take it. 
That's right. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, they they they, they, you know, they show up and they, they they gladly take all that alcohol off your off your hands in exchange Same. for a, a big load of uh, looks like some wonderful looking uh, rolled up tapestries. It's uh, from what you can tell. It's um, see what's alcohol go for again. Alcohol, hooch. No alcohol, not hooch. Hooch always goes cheap. Let's see food, beverages. Oh, and you will find spam everywhere. <laughs> There's this thing, you know, in the last page of your of your handout. There's this thing called the uh, maker, and what it is 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 a is a device that, if you put in raw material, uh, it will will produce an item based on a template that was set to. Well, they figure somewhere out there, someone created a template for spam <laughs> and it is shovel it through and spam is the number one potted meat that you can find anywhere I mean if you think the price of spam 10 cents for for a can of spam near its expiration date <laughs> great but um, let's see the quality of this whiskey is what as it's 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 middling quality, so it's uh, I say it's about ten dollars a bottle. So yeah, it's ten dollars about ten dollars a bottle. Case will hold uh twenty four bottles. So you got lots of cases, but a not too basically if you can do the math in your head, you figure it's one one tapestry for every two cases of of, of alcohol you offload. So those tapestries are worth something. They're worth a lot. I'm sure the Canadians will love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, these are all done with maple leaves. <laughs> Except for the Quebecois, which have the, uh, the French... Uh, oh, the, the 40... The, 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 the 40, the, uh, 40 Frenchmen who live in, who live in New, New Quebec? <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, that's in the book. Forty Frenchmen live in New Quebec. <laughs> yeah, troublemakers. 40, yeah, forty-six. Yeah, but yeah, it's so, so. Yeah, you don't quite fill up with with, with uh, don't quite fill up with uh, tapestries. But you get you get a nice load, and it's getting dark. And well, that's the thing about about dark. When it gets dark, it gets pitch black. Oh, it does actually get dark. Oh yeah, basically at night the uh, it starts getting redder and redder as the sky starts getting redder and redder, and then then it more or less all, all of a sudden goes out, and it's pitch black. There are no stars. So when it's does they is it always the same? There's no like seasons. It's always the same amount of darkness yep. for the same. You get, you get uh, twelve hours of light and twelve hours of darkness. Okay. Morning's a bit weird. This morning is more like someone turns on a light. 
<laughs> like a fluorescent, a fluorescent light, and then it takes a couple, uh, an hour for it to get a little brighter. Yeah, you know, as it, yeah, as it heats up. Yeah. They got some take take no babble about. Yeah, well, there's this helium layer up there, helium three, that fuses all day long and gets replenished overnight from the helium vents in the middle of every of every environ. And it's like, what? <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, I got to tell it when, when he gets back, all the helium vents. And I suppose they've, uh, somebody's tried to see how high they can go. Yeah, um, well, at night, because... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would be bad in the day. <laughs> at, two, at, at 200 miles, you hit, you, you actually about 150 miles, you hit a zero G area. And then 50 miles after that, you hit the light area, where the, the where about two, well, like a two meter thick layer of fusing plasma exists. It doesn't, not, yeah. does not go well if you go through that. <laughs> There's actually a, a project in New Can in almost Canada, where they're building. It's called the Air the Air Beagle. They're planning to build. They're building a rocket ship to see if they can go through it at night, and see what's and see what's above the layer. Hmm. Well, you would have to have some kind of antenna that you could uh, deploy behind you, because radio won't pass through a plasma layer. Yeah, but trouble is the plasma is fusing plasma. It's enough to light up the ground 200 miles away. <laughs> It'll burn through any antenna you put, try to put through it. Hmm. And so far, no one's found any miracle material in, Nor in Noran that survived fusing plasma. Well, uh... Oh, I forgot to mention this. In the middle of every environ is a cylinder, uh, this pipe, literally a pipe, that belches helium-3 all day long. Huh. To the point where if you put your head in there and take a deep breath, you'll probably pass out and go unconscious. Yeah, yeah. Then not It'd too, be the same thing as displacing all the oxygen. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and not too far from that is You just the, talk funny. You don't talk at all. <laughs> and about not too far from that is the PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. On presentation, it's actually a, uh, a, a sphere with two large um, leads coming off it, well, bars coming off it, any little smaller balls. And if you hook up to that, you get 200, you get uh, um, 223, you get 220 uh, volts out of that. At whatever amperage you need. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean at whatever amperage you need? So far, all of all okay, all of New Akron, the entire environment is being powered from this PowerPoint. And there are no blackouts, there are no brownouts, and current stays completely level. It has enough current to handle your load. Has anyone been ever been crazy enough to try to short them out? 
Yeah. See what happens? Shirts out real good. <laughs> In fact, if you put a bar across them, uh, the bar will turn into a superheated plasma. <laughs> yeah, I probably only want to do that once. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the story is the old story, the old story is that someone they found you know, one, one person died from helium from helium uh, asphyxiation, and another person found out what, what it likes to be a, what, what, what it's like to be a conductor. Yeah. So it's like, how many uh, watts do you need to turn someone into a a briquette? <laughs> oh no, worse than that. They say the only thing that was left was 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 a, was a torso. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Note to self, use proper safety equipment. N notice I didn't say not ever do that. Just <laughs> use, use the proper equipment. <laughs> so, well, yeah, they, they, they load, up, they load up your, your DC-3 with the, with, with the rugs. You've got a much lighter load. Um, you do have, you, you know, you, you've been being paid well. So, you, you know, if you want to, you know, they have other things they sell too, like yak meat. <laughs> Yagatori. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's better than the spam. <laughs> hey, you know, it's just like beef, almost. <laughs> well, spam probably doesn't talk. You know, the yaks yeah. were talking. <laughs> oh, no, only half the yaks talk. Which is, uh, when you compare it to none of the spam, spam looks better. <laughs> Oh, did you hear about about the? Okay, there's there's these things called templates. That if you just push raw material through, it produces an item. Well, so they figure out there someone has a template that produces cases of spam. Because you will find spam everywhere. It's like you know someone out out there is and they have no idea who's doing it, but you find spam everywhere. By the caseloads. Oh, thank goodness for that. Yeah. So yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. for the weave, the weaving is 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 a good stuff. Is an important thing. I mean, you could go to the uh, garment district and pick up you know some ready-made clothing if you wanted to spend some of your own money and, and speculate. It's some fancy-looking stuff. I don't think either of us are very good in the salesman role. Yeah. All right. All right. So. Well, hopefully, uh, a week or so after uh, Nick completes a circuit, uh, Doctor Quest can uh, convince uh, Nick to let him uh, fly on as a uh, passenger and uh, able hand for carrying stuff. You know. I've oh, got I get your brain point. the I, size of a planet, and I'm reduced to a laborer. But yeah. oh, and, and, but, Dirk, and Dirk, I give you your, your point back because you haven't spent it yet. So don't don't take it away until you spend it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's entirely possible. Uh, but we got we got one more one more flight, two more flights, yeah, two more on this thing. Yes, yeah, you probably go as a passenger. He, he, he does an eye roll, yeah, as a passenger. <laughs> I mean, uh, anyway, so uh, on the flight from Tuva to uh, almost Canada, 
you notice that you're being followed. By... Looks like a trio of uh, biplanes. Hmm. Did I see them at the airfield? Nope. I mean, you've, you've, been, you've listened to enough pilot talk around, um, around the airfield. Uh, the colors look like it could be the flying, Janda's flying circus. Which are? Oh, no, no, so that's right, Drake. Right. Uh, is it right? Nope, sorry, wrong, not Janda. Oh, uh, wrong name. Wrong name, uh. Could be a, a pilot for Blackjack Del Rio. He's a notorious air pirate. Oh, of course. Hey, you, the, the, you know, it, those tapestries are worth money. Yeah. And your DC three has no has no armaments on it. Well, okay, take that back. You're flying solo. There, there is a waste gun. <laughs> But I don't think you can fly the airplane and fire the waste gun. Gotta be real fast. Yeah. Let's <laughs> <laughs> check their quality. See how good these guys are. Just trim the plane and let it go. Okay. Yeah, you hear you hear crackle. You know. Hello. Hello. <laughs> the polite pirates. <laughs> Hello. Uh, so, um, what kind of cargo you carry? Uh, mostly, you know, yak's milk. Are you sure? You're not carrying things like, you know, silk jackets or the tapestries? Uh, Do this look like that high class of uh, uh, business here? Your your, your Sal's ear could be hiding a silk purse. Well, what can I tell you? Well, you know, you are flying through our airspace. Our, Our airspace. I can't get the word out. <laughs> Airspace. Not with an accident, anyway. Uh, so, you know, could you, you know, we could, you know, board your aircraft and, and see what you have. Or yeah, I'll put it down as soon as we get to land, and you can do no that. No need to land. Just, you know, just take it to about 50 miles an hour, and we can cross over. Well, I'm kind of new at this piloting thing. I don't think I could uh, manage that. Ah, uh, sir. We don't want to have any trouble, do we? No, I'm I'm afraid I'm, I might uh, damage your aircraft if we tried to do something like that. Uh, you're trying to, you're being reasonable. Uh, also, we are also still out of range of the, uh, of the, of the Canadian Air National Guard. <laughs> two, of the, two of the planes speed up and start, and start uh, trying to bank and cut you off. This is the point where oh. you spend, spend peril. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think how these uh, things would operate with. Uh... So I'll give you right. seven so dice. Seven dice, okay. And we'll pull the gold dice off. We don't use any more. I'll use that. But I like the gold dice. <laughs> do, do, do. And and just for fun, the GM's rolling six dice. So this is a, this is a contested. So we actually do a con contested event this time. All right. So I got four. And come to you. Okay. Oh, we both use D4s. I love it. Mine are blue. You're you're light blue. Okay, so that's an odd. Uh, here's good. So I only got two, and you got four. So how this works is that we bid, we bid uh, dice basically, on who gets narrate first. Uh, things are not going to go well for the pirates. I can see that right now. So the pirates are going to bid two dice. Uh, what do you, what happens with dice you don't bid? You, you save them for the next round. You, you go into it, there's no dice left. Bid and... So you, 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 you can let the pirates go first, and then you just, and then you just basically just got, you got the whole thing at that point. Or, All you, right. or you can bid three... And narrate first, the, the pirates go, and then you have one, and the pirates will have none. Or the pirates actually can bid two again, or one. Ooh, that'd be interesting. So, are you going to bid three, or are you going to let the pirates go first? Well, what if I bid two? They win the tie. Uh, you know, that's a good question. <laughs> Well, you know how these pulp game, uh, games go. You either bid big or go home. <laughs> and I'm thinking that uh, Dr. Quest needs to make his way back to that waste gun just in case. Yeah, but you're not there. Oh, I thought I was in on one of the later flights. No, no, this is the, it's still the same flight. He's going from two. Oh, oh, okay. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Never mind. Got my chronologically uh, sensitive timeline. I said, I, if, you, if you tie, <laughs> the the uh, the player wins the will win the tie. So if you bid two, you win the tie. Okay, so let's bid two. All right, so you win the tie, so you get the narrate first. So yeah, they're trying to fly around and cut you off. What do you do? Okay. So I think then he will go, he will say, okay, you want me to, to slow down and you'll pull alongside? Yes, of course. You know, like about 50, you know, you know, not quite stall speed of, of uh, I think DC3 has stall speed, of, you know, of about 30 miles an hour at this, uh, if you have it at high, at high, at high lift. Okay, so he'll he'll do that, 
and uh, we'll trim up the the, the plane, mm-hmm. and he'll go back to the the gun. And when they, it looks like they're gonna come over, he opens fires on them. All right, so you're narrating it. You're okay. Well, that, that okay. You've you've, I mean, you, you've come to a stop. So that that's 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 one thing. So the next thing's gonna be. Well, actually, I come to a stop, but you tripped it up and you got it going slow. Now we go back to another round because you can do one thing at a time. Yeah. So right. coming to a stop and getting to a trip is one thing. Okay. So at this point, uh, I'm going to bid one this time. One die. I'll do this and see. Then, uh, I'll let the. Well, it's the same. So if I. So this is gonna. If I bid one, then that one's gonna go away and you'll still have two? Yep. Okay. So which, the smart thing to do is if uh, the. Yeah, let, uh, let the pirates go here. Alright, so the pirates. Alright. So the pirates, you know, the, he he pulls along slides, you know, his tri is 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 a uh, biplane's a little bit a little bit larger, uh, looks like a uh, modified one of the one of the modified bombers from World War One, and he pulls alongside. It's a guy standing on the wing uh, with a little safety line holding him in place, and he has a uh, a grappling hook which he's swinging around. And and he's trying to uh, latch onto latch onto the side of your airplane somehow, and that's that. So, right. so I'm, I can I can even bid one. Well, then I'll just build one. All right. So yeah, you. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> I was muted. Uh, come on, lay on the lead there. <laughs> So now, now you get, I've got to win the thing here. Yeah. So you bid one. So yeah. So you, okay. So narrate narrate your one action that you're doing at this point, which I think it was going to the to the to the waist gun and firing and you know actually the door gun. Yeah. And opening up on him. I gotcha. Sure. All right. Well, now, unfortunately, you didn't see what happened afterward. You can't really see happens. So we got one more one bid left. So uh, I bid one. And I bid one. So you letting the pirates have the last bit, having the last say? Is that okay? Oh, uh, okay. Well, we'll let them go then, I guess. All right. So yeah, there goes. So yeah, the the uh, pirate, the bullets. You start firing, the guy just you know hits flat, and the airplane does a wing over and speeds up, and you know does a. Uh, 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 one of those wing overs and, and peels off from that. And you hear over the radio, you bastard! <laughs> and you get the last say. Okay. He runs back, uh, jumps in the cockpit. He uh, noses over and increases the weight so he can gain a bunch of speed and dive and gain speed to, uh, Get separate away. from these guys. Yep. All right. 
but you're still uh, still a bit in peril at this point. All right, so uh, all right, so I'll have to give you a point of peril. Um, as you're doing that, one of them opens opens fire at you, which gives you a point of peril. Okay. So he opens fire at you. You want to spend that point? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. All right. So this time it's one of his pilots. Not as but he only gets five. Uh, he only gets five dice. Oh, and he gets three. Oops. So it's another oppose. So I rolled my seven. Yeah. Oh, if you want refresh, just click set password and it'll refresh the screen. Yeah. So there we go. So. So, so you got oh yeah you got four to my three it looks like. Oh, three to three it looks like yeah. You got four four. You had an extra four. Did I? Maybe it was. Those I must have. Four. When we were moving stuff around, I must have. Clicked it off when, uh, when uh, I did. Yeah, I, I saw it. So uh, yeah, so you got you got an extra four to bid. So you got you have four. Okay, so uh, this time, who, who rolled the glass dice? I did. I saw five. I thought you had seven. No, but the, the, the odds don't count. And he had he had three fours. But did so he had. Four odd dice? I thought he rolled five instead of seven. I, I might have been. I, I, I rolled five. Uh, maybe I'm getting them swapped. All right, so this time the pirate's only going to bid one. And you have two, and you have, you have four odd, you have four even, so you can you, 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 uh, bid and bid two. Or let the pirates come in and hit you. No, I'll uh, yes, basically spend one of them to prevent that. All right. So, yeah. So that, boop, it's gone. There you go. So you narrate what happens. So, yeah, they're, they're, All right. bullets are so flying. They're, they're opening fire. And uh, I am able to, to spin and twist to uh, avoid their getting them out. Avoid, prevent them from getting on on my tail and getting in their sights. All right, so that's that's that. There's that bid. So the next bid, again, I'm going to bid uh, one die. I'll let them go this time. All right. Well, the the guys behind you does uh, tw- his turning range is a, is a bit sharper than yours. So you guys, you can turn within your turn. And the uh, and bullets rake across one of your wings. It's all cosmetic damage. I mean, it's, you know, you only go down if you decide you want to get shot down, or I shoot you down, one or the other. So yeah. that was that one. Yep. All right, that's that detail. So again, they're gonna bid one die. All right, and uh, 
this time Iowa yeah, I'll bid one to to match, yeah. Match him. Yeah. So that being one of mine gets burned. Yep. Alright. That leaves him with two again. <coughs> so, <coughs> so Excuse so me. So as they're as they're uh, diving and attempting to to uh, get on his six, he uh, goes into a, a screaming dive and pulls out just above the water. But you know, one of them trailing him doesn't pull out quite soon enough. Yeah, I'll let that go. So yes, you, you get a splash. Like, sound like there were multiple of them, so we can get rid of one of them here. And as a splash, you see tentacles come out of the water. It's like wrapping wrap the, the thing and pulling underwater. <laughs> All right, so they're going to bid, bid one again. Uh, let's see. I will let them have this one. All right, well. The other, there were three of them. So you took you take it out one. So the, the other one that was chasing you, comes out. He pulls up. He pulled up short. So he didn't actually go all the way down, uh, but he didn't does a quick dive down and rakes the back of your cabin. So pull, you know, bullets everywhere. But yeah, so far, you know, uh, it's a DC three. It can take a lot of punishment before you. you have to really worry about it. But yeah, uh, it breaks the makes the fuselage. And, uh, yeah, uh, no smoke or anything, so, but yeah, yes, you are getting bullet holes off the aircraft. <laughs> All right. So, last, so I got one in the bed, and you, I also want to suggest you, know, you just want to match me, or not bad at all. That gives you two. Give me two things to say. Like escape. Okay. <laughs> so you can let you see, and I go. Okay, so you can let me have this last next one then. Yeah. All right. So then the then the uh, then the uh, bomber comes in place, comes on down, um, and there's there's some sh he, there's some shots, bullets, you know, bullets going through, and he hits an engine. So one of your engines is smoking. And that's it for me, but you got two more things you can say. So does that give him peril? Yeah, it gives him peril. <laughs> Yay. So you have a smoking engine. All right. So he will, uh, let's see what's he will, uh, but he he spins uh upside down as they're as they're coming on and they're so he slows down as the that he's lost the one engine and as they're they come up to overtake him he takes his uh pistol out and shoots at the uh at uh, at one of them, and is able to hit the pilot, 
and the other one sees that the so can get a couple things right. So the yeah. the other thing would be that we see the uh, the the Royal uh, almost Canadian International Guards, yeah, is uh, approaching in the distance, and the other one decides that uh, discretion is the better part of valor. Yeah, uh, the, airplane, the Air National Guards go after the uh, survivors, which peel off and then just head for the cloud deck. And the other one always come around you and say, So, uh, you guys shut up, eh? Uh, we'll get you over to the uh, airfield as quick as we can, eh? All right. That's, uh, I'm uh, a boat out of fuel. Oh, that's not good yet. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. We'll get you, yeah. <laughs> No making the jokes, okay? <laughs> and where you're coming from, they can get you to uh, the nearest airport. But them hosers had me for sure, eh? Yeah. Actually, he says your, your cargo's for Windsor. They, you know, they suggest you turn up the uh, the lightners to like max, so you can actually, you know. But, uh, watch out for some crosswinds. But it's it's pretty much not a problem. You fly over um, what looks like um, bits and pieces of uh, of uh, some midwestern area. Not quite sure until you get to until you see in the until you see coming up um, Detroit. But it's Detroit of the nineteenth of the nineteen forties, so it look it's almost like it was in the nineteen thirties. Very familiar then. And then across and across the way is is uh, new is Windsor, which looks like twenty Windsor twenty ten <laughs> on the other side of the uh, of the uh, river. Not so familiar. Not so familiar. Yeah, I mean we're talking you know. All these brownstone, brownstone buildings and so forth, and then glass towers on the other side. <laughs> they get you to the airport. It's not. Build, it's, build a space needle for almost Toronto, or. <laughs> uh, no, actually, there is no Toronto. There is Niagara Falls. <laughs> but yeah, you get they get you to the airport. Uh, you get to practice your emergency landing, <laughs> which is not a problem, and uh, especially with the uh, the Lightner thing there. Yeah, yeah. Make a picture perfect landing, and they come up and they you know hose down your engines and so forth. Uh, you do the company does have a certain amount of credit, so it's uh, they should be able to get repair. You should be able to get repairs done on the, on the company credit. I'm sure they had pirate insurance. Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Got to fill forms out, though. Oh. Paperwork. And, yeah. That's a peril. The uh, carpets, <laughs> some of the, yeah, some of the carpets got hit. Yeah, some of the tapestries got hit. Oh. Yeah, but, you know. Right in the weave. Yeah, but they're 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 weaves. You know, the bullet holes really didn't do a whole lot of damage to them other than putting a hole. 
which can, our, which, our, which our, can our, be rolling bread, they'll be fine. Can be re, yeah, fix a bit, but yeah, it really reduce their costs, which pro, it's also covered by insurance. And some guys that you know, insurance will cover everything. You could let them get on board. They would take their take the tapestries and then let you alone. Del Frio is good for it's, it's good. You know, if he says he's not going to attack you, he's not going to attack you. You have made an enemy today, my friend. Ah, well, that's what you get for being pirates. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> oh, I'm aren't you glad you're flying someone else's colors? They're <laughs> lucky I let uh, let uh, one of them get away. Yeah, well, they uh, they load you up with a lot of uh, a lot of wool. <laughs> More bulletproof. <laughs> yeah, one of the sheep is there too. You know, he's staying there, pink as anything. <laughs> you know, you take care of our wool, okay? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to get some good money off I can't. I can't do a sheep. <laughs> and who legitimately can? Yeah. As far as I know, you're doing a perfect one. Yeah. It's a bad accent. Yeah, I, I can't get that bad. It comes out very creaky. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... You can't, you, you, but all you can do with sheep is go out drinking with them because they're still sheep. Which means <laughs> they go to a sheep bar, they have alcohol, and a big plate of grass. <laughs> so if they're, if they're almost Canadian sheep, then like, do they play hockey and stuff? Well, it never, actually, it never gets that cold here. It never freezes. But they do, it, 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 there's a, there is a... There is in Windsor. There is an ice. There is a hockey stadium. There have to be. Yeah, hockey arena. So yeah, about the first plate thing the Canadians built. <laughs> it's just, I'm just imagining monkeys on ice <laughs> building this thing. <laughs> yeah. Now, what they know about Detroit is Detroit is mostly abandoned. Almost no one lives in Detroit. Yet you know, from we flew over it. You saw Baton Rouge. The full Baton Rouge assembly plant is sitting there. And from what you, from what you understand, it's still being maintained by the maintenance. Hmm. It's a fully functional automobile assembly yard. Back in the day when they did everything. Which means there are foundries there as well. Yeah, but there's no air conditioning. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Give me 20, uh, uh, 10 Windsor. <laughs> Commute at least. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, yeah, but yeah, they, uh, they, they, uh, they do, uh, see, at the speed you're traveling, it probably, you probably only took a couple, it only took like a couple hours to make the crossing, so. Um, you know, you know, you're looking at another couple of well into fix the engine, so you're probably gonna be here tonight again. You know, if you want to go exploring. Well certainly it'll take time to patch up the bullet holes. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I'll uh, take some notes and uh, get some preparation. If I go exploring, I'd probably want to have uh, the doctor with me. Yeah. Now, the only mechanism that exists is the uh, Windsor Tunnel. Is the is the Windsor Tunnel? It didn't exist in the 1940s. But I don't believe it did. But it's there because it happens to be on the Windsor side, so it goes through to the other side. So you could walk there. There's also the Ambassador Bridge, which I think was built in the 40s. So you can get to you can get to Detroit fairly easy. Okay. But yeah, yeah, you, know, you know, you find a place to stay. Uh, you know, there's a uh, aviation hotel, which means they, uh, you know, you they have TVs. You, you get all three, all three, all three channels, all educational. But uh, <laughs> the Canadians really believe in teaching people stuff. So even if it's a drama, they're teaching you stuff in the drama. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, TV and also TVs are is 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 neat because you really don't get TV back in the New Akron. Yeah, it's like radio with pictures, and this is all and it's all public TV as well too. So, no commercials. <laughs> and the next you know next morning the the uh, mechan- the local the, the local grease monkey, yeah. He is. Uh, <laughs> it's looking at you. Know, it's, it's, it's got your engine back together again. No, it wasn't too much of a problem. Uh, there was a couple. There, there was a couple. Uh, couple hits to a, one of your cylinders, but yeah, these are DC three. I got parts everywhere for DC threes. So they'll fix the cylinder. Uh, you may, when you get back to your base, you want to tell them you may want to overhaul the engine after this. So I got fixed up good enough to get you there, but yeah, you probably want to, you know, drain that, drain the crankcase, um, do and to get some work and get some, uh, basically overhaul the engine, honor. So yeah, it's a, a quick, unoffendable flight. It takes no more than what. I, you want to make it fast or slow? You can, you can hit 200 miles an hour, so it can take you an hour to get there. Well, two hours because it's actually 300. It's 400 miles from airbase to airbase, so you can get there in two hours if you want, or take it slow and take all day. I I don't know. I'm in a huge hurry. All right. So yeah, you leave in the morning. You probably get there around noon. Just in time for lunch. You know that they actually have a decent cafeteria at the, at the airport. And then you pull over to the uh, the hangar for the uh, company. I've never given the company a name. What's the name of your company? The company you're working for? Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, Fly by night. <laughs> uh. Hire for hire, hire for flyer. No, flyer. Yeah, hire, hire for hire for hire, which was the name from, from Tailspin. Winging a prayer. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. 
Yeah, winging a prayer sounds good. Add his head to the map, so there you go. Cargo. Alright, yeah. Get to the hangar, and the mechanic can just see. He's already bump, hopping on one on both feet back and forth. You know, um, he because he can see the patches where they where they, where they duct tape all the bullet holes. <laughs> Speed tape, yeah. Yeah. No proper duct tape. No, it's, it's an aircraft. It's got to be speed tape. Oh, you're right. It's speed tape. Yeah, proper speed tape. Yeah. Oh yeah. And say what? What the hell happened? You shot my I... plane up. Well, you didn't. Nobody mentioned about the air pirates, so they. Air pirates. <laughs> Technical difficulty. <laughs> Where did you run into air pirates? Uh, between, between. Uh, Tuva and almost Canada. Did you figure? Did you see who they were? Oh yeah, what was the name of those black something or other? Del Rio. Yeah, Del Rio. Del Rio. Wow. And you got away. How many? How many? Did, how many attacked you? I want what three. Oh, one of them got away though. Wait. Your phone is by yourself. Did you run back there and shoot the gun? Shoot the shoot the door gun by yourself? Of course, there's nobody else to do it. What you? <laughs> there's no autopilot on this damn thing. How'd you get the airplane level? I was in trim. How fast were you going? Uh, not very. I uh, above stall speed. Yeah, because they like the board. Yeah. How, okay, so you shot. So you shot him out of the sky with the machine gun. Yeah, I got one of them. One of them damaged with the machine gun. Uh, one of them, I. One of them uh, splashed. Got splashed in the ocean. I, I shot one of the pilots with my my pistol. <laughs> I'm sorry. He says pistol range is not the normal range you fight with aircraft at. <laughs> No. <laughs> no. These are speechless. Looking at you. Oh, you gotta go to the bar tonight and tell that story. You will not have to pay for a single damn drink. <laughs> yes, I do. I have to go to the bar. Uh, and speaking I'll go, of... Uh, I'll, go, I'll go, you know, find the dock and had uh, the uh, whatever the uh, the uh, the crash or something like that <laughs> at the at the place you guys were renting at the boarding house, Miss McGillicuddy's. Well, Doc had had an interesting couple of days. He had to tell a person who had a very special special operation that is going to grow back. <laughs> yeah, that's one good thing to be a, a doctor in this world. You make a few mistakes, as long as you don't kill the patient, it'll take care of itself. No, no, this person actually had a very special operation to remove a certain organ from their person. Appendix? No. 
he, he, he currently goes by the name of Cynthia. Well, okay. Uh, yeah, I suppose we could do that. <laughs> what do you mean? You know, I can't, you know, what do you mean it's going to grow back? You know? <laughs> <laughs> this could be a problem. <laughs> I've been getting estrogen shots and, you know, you don't get these. I, these are all natural, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, I, I could. What happens with something like implants? That seems well, not okay. friendly. Well, if there's tissue removed, uh, the tissue will grow back. So it could be a, it could be painful for a person with implants. But if they were like you know, say a guy could have paracilicone pectoral implants, all they do with those is cut the skin and slide them in. They actually won't get rejected. Yeah, well, they, I was also thinking of things like, let's say uh, you had someone that had a mastectomy and they had an implant. So you had uh, it would, radical uh, work done and, and then... I hate to say yeah. this, they would have to get a second mastectomy and then wait till, wait till it grows back. Yeah. Gruesome but interesting stuff. Yeah. You, you, as, as a doctor from the 30s, I says, like, you know, people have all kinds of strange shit implanted. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because yeah. I could see, you know, someone coming from a, a uh, timeline uh, further down where they do the implant jewelry thing. It's like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Th th things get confusing and messy. Well, as far as I can tell, tattoos don't go away. See, that's another thing. Because uh, it's just dyed skin. The skin's been dyed. Right. But it hasn't been right. damaged. It, I mean, they, they fade. Now, now someone got to tell you, oh, yeah, they fade. If you've been 100 years, if, you, if you're 200 years old, it's pretty much going to be faded away. Right, right. But, uh, for example, let's say you're 40 years old, you come over with the tattoo, and you start regenerating back to 25. What happens to the tattoo? It's still there. Your body's regenerating, but the, because, uh, uh, like you're, because the tattoo goes under the skin and it literally dies the, uh, the, 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 the uh, subdermal layer. Yeah. And it, it, and as far as, we, as far as we understand, you know, it's one of those word of God things. Uh, it, the tattoos don't go away. Scarification goes away. But tattoos don't. So, so there are no people here with piercings then because the holes in, uh, heal? Well, they heal, they heal normally anyway. If you, you know, if, you, if a person has a piercing and they don't... Yeah, don't they heal? Like really fast here, they heal faster. Yes, but people like push the thing. Out. <laughs> yeah, so you you constantly would have to wear it because if you left it out even for a day, there would be no hole. I mean, people have piercings. People have earrings. You know. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, but but you would always have to have a stud or something in there. Yeah. To, to keep it from closing up overnight. Yeah. Imagine if I was in the army. 
couple of guys went and got got the ears pierced, only to, only to, only to get written up because they weren't allowed to damage mil, uh, you know government property. <laughs> So anyway, so your roommate's back. Hey, he's a little he he's, he's a little uh, a little drunk right now because he he obviously stopped by a bar before he got here. Hey doc, there you are. Come on, we got more drinking to do. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That bad of a job? Nice. People trying to kill me. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought it was something dangerous. <laughs> so what are we celebrating? The fact that I killed them. <laughs> I can appreciate that. And uh, as uh, Nick uh, eventually uh, ekes out the story uh, of his encounter... Ah, that gives the good doctor an idea. He says, you know what you need? You need a door gunner. You need someone to uh, come along with you on these flights, uh, give you an extra pair of eyeballs, and uh, allow you to keep your hands on the wheel. That would be a lot easier. Yep. What he's saying is that Doc, Doc Quest is getting tired of it. He, he's, seen, he's seen his share of anuses this week. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that. Uh, and not every one of them are, are, are tart anuses either. <laughs> but, uh, well, the, he took the uh, doctor surgeon job thing just... To pay rent and and to get uh, save cash, get cash and uh, parts uh, for the uh, spit on English for the Betty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're keeping it paid while it's sitting at dock, but uh, also we need to, uh, you know, aviation gas only lasts for so long. Yeah, I think you probably already sell the gas. Okay. Yeah, you've, you've you've already sold the gas. I mean, they like they probably went in the first week or so, you know, because you still had to buy, you know, because um, basically you had to buy clothes. Think about. It. Well, there's nothing wrong with my lab coat. <laughs> <laughs> Tell that to the people down here with the notes clips. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. Uh, because I, I'm not the type to keep track of every single penny, uh, ballpark, how much money have we been able to save uh, up for uh, getting uh, the Betty converted? See, between two of you, you're both earning about, uh, how much did say you, you were making again per week? 150. 150, and how much were, was Nick making? Like 200 or so. Yeah, 200. When, when flying. When flying. And he's been flying, so... So it's been about fourteen weeks, and your expenses—you're pretty much—you're—you're you're not you're not going out to the movies. No. Uh, what I figure uh, is uh, the, 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 the doc is hitting the library almost every night, and that's uh, pennies. Yeah. Yeah. And and your boarding house is running you about. Uh, 
joining a, about uh, eight, you know, about eight dollars a week. So you know, fourteen weeks, eighty. That's a hundred and four. So you figure in the past couple months it's been, you know, you only spent like a hundred and so dollars, a hundred, hundred so dollars on a board and room. So that's. So pretty much, what's what's if if you don't you know, and that gives you at least a breakfast and a dinner, lunch you know, lunch you'll probably run you another um, <laughs> fifty cents. <laughs> the prices are uh, by yeah. our standards very nice. An average meal will cost you about a buck. An average meal, if you if you're looking for like burger and you know, a burger, a cup of coffee, and a bowl of chili, yeah, fifty cents. Hey, breakfast of champions. Well, remember, plenty of spam. Remember, <laughs> remember your board. Your your board and room includes breakfast and dinner, so yeah. you just got to cover lunch. So I figure in fourteen weeks, you've earned. Um, well, you, together, you both actually have earned enough to actually buy a cheap assembly. You know. So here's the fun question, though: I, I, Can we get the parts to a better assembly and? Build it ourselves. Well, no, okay. Assemblies are pretty much uh, when we say assembly. Uh, it, it's pretty much the, the, there's there's basically three qualities. There's the stuff that's made by made in New Canada, which is top notch. Second best is stuff made in uh, New Akron, and then there's the trek that's made in some knockoff shop in say New York or in New Old New York. Or in Tuva, or wherever they can get people who can who can, who can solder wires and and hammer screws. Uh, yeah, but it'd be neat if we could get the parts and then from the uh, parts uh, assemble it ourselves and install it, because that would a give us a better understanding of how the system works, and uh, well, b save us on the labor costs. Well, most of the costs in a decent one. If you're buying a, I guess you buy a medium, a, a cheap medium assembly will run you uh, between seven hundred and thousand bucks. That's a cheap assembly. There's nothing saying you can't then take that cheap assembly and upgrade it. Sounds like a plan. Because that that comes complete with the crystal in place. You know, this, the crystal itself is going to run you between, um, if you want a decent crystal, you want to pay $300. There's no <laughs> fans and buts about that. You want to pay $300. So you can figure that $400, you know, $400 pretty much covers the, uh, a cheap, uh, a cheap assembly, uh, mount. Because you don't, who wants to buy a cheap crystal? And you guys got more than enough to cover to cover uh, cover a cheap crystal a cheap medium sized assembly, and you got enough left over to, to get some uh, parts. And I figure on your off days you're tweaking the engine anyway. So the main yeah. tr- the main trick is you actually probably don't need a new car. Well, you might need some spare parts for the carburetor, but it's mainly it's just tweaking the engines so that they they'll they'll run on on that on a lean uh, alcohol uh, mixture. Without sure. missing missing too much. Absolutely, it sounds like the type of uh, work that uh, the doc would love to get his fingers uh, 
on. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have aircraft aircraft designer and a and a scientist. So I think between the two of you, uh, you, you can probably. Uh, well, here, here, here you go. You both have science. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm it's kind of like rubbed up our alley. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. What I want to say is that okay, you can buy it. You can you can find a, a cheap assembly with a decent with a decent crystal in it. Uh, you can the crystal is like you know a good good shade of green, and then what you can do is that you can both make. Uh, science rolls because you actually don't you have repair uh, I have invention and repair you can only use one talent you probably want to use your, your invention talent but in this case what you're trying, you're, we're doing a, different, a variation of an invention mm-hmm. what you're doing is well, in, this, in this case it would be uh, airplane would be uh, science. It would be a science and aircraft design to see if you actually get tuned up and ready to go. And I'm only looking for that. It's just because yeah, you know you dice, so you get uh, two for that, and your science is four six. So I'm only looking for um, just two six two successes on the aircraft to get tuned up and ready to run. To to upgrade a cheap to a really a good a really high end assembly. Uh, so you can pull out seven dice. So I'm looking for uh, three successes, and if you get more than that, you do a you, you, you know, three successes to get to say a medium grade assembly. You get more than that, you get a high grade assembly. Okie dokie. Well, let's throw down seven d12 and see what fate has in store for us. Yep. And Turk, uh, you can throw down. Um, Six six D's and see what you get. Oh, one, two, three. Oh, well, you got medium. Oh, medium's good, yeah. One, two, three. And, yeah, you got three, so, yeah. You got the engine. It, it, it's not missing or anything like that, so as long as you got the engines running good. Ah, uh, purring like an alcoholic. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, the... Uh, yeah. So yeah, you 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 got you got your aircraft. So your experimental aircraft. I know you you sent a picture of it. How much storage does it have on board? How much cargo can it carry? Are you looking for business, or are you looking for adventure? <laughs> well, well now I'm going to go uh, look back at that picture of the Grumman Goose. I'm looking at it right now too. On wow. It it definitely looks like it it could seat quite a bit. You can carry passengers, or you can carry cargo, or probably do both. Yeah. Well, I imagine uh, if we were on an expedition to the Bermuda Triangle, we would be loaded up with uh, supplies, but still have a few seats available in case we had to rescue someone. So I'm actually, I would imagine we have a mix where maybe we have like two to four seats in the back, so yeah. we could like seat six people total, and then the rest is cargo. Actually, I'm looking at the uh, the goose. Uh, it, it can carry up to between five and seven passengers. Yeah. It can it can carry. It looks like once you add in the uh, odd number. Yeah. Oh, they don't count the pilot. Duh. No, duh. they don't actually count the, the door. 
the seat that would go where the door is is not ah, there. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I've, I've been on a, uh, on a Twin Otter, and it has odd number of seats because the seat by the door okay. is not there. Okay, see, I, I've never done the uh, puddle jumper thing like that. And it can carry a, a, a ton and a half, a ton and a quarter of cargo. Yeah, if that's something like coffee, <laughs> that's a good haul. <laughs> Coffee. What's coffee going for? Oh, look. It's going between $50 to $100 a pound. Yeah. <laughs> you may want to consider, you know, flying cargo for other folks until you actually get enough money to buy it yourself. Oh, yeah. But, uh, <coughs> armed courier? I could see that as a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and what's yeah, and it's only like another. Yeah, I'm not gonna worry about the cash. It's like fifty dollars to get an airworthy airworthiness certificate. So all you have to do is just you know wheel it over to wheel it over, and they'll just get the, the inspector will come on by, kick the tires, check it out, you know, and he hands you a certificate, and you're now airworthy. Yay! You got your crystal on board. You got your you know space taken taken care of. Um, they said, you know, you do got a spare battery. You basically in a pinch, you can you have a you have a you have a deep cell, twenty four volt battery. They'll let you uh, fly at one quarter at uh, one quarter weight in a pinch. It's your emergency backup to the alternator to the uh, generator on the air on the on the on the motors. Oh yeah, because uh, stuff does happen. Yeah. So yeah, so the Betty. So what do you call yourself, the bouncing Betty? <laughs> yeah. Actually, the guy you work for, the guy you work for, you know, he sees your airplane and he looks at you. Know, Would you guys like to be our third plane in our group, in our organization? We can make sure you guys get cargo. And since it's your plane, I can actually pay you pay you more for it. I'm sure we can uh, come to some some arrangement. Not only carries a ton of cargo, but you know, because the DC three carries lots more cargo. But you you carry high value stuff in this sucker. It looks like. Yeah. Well, he off. You know, he you've gotten used to imagine the prices are pretty much when you were used to back home. He offers you a price. Uh, we uh, this would be a long flight. We get some 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 egghead. We're not egghead. Some it would be a passenger run. Some uh, some fool wants to go to uh, Etiwanka. You've never been to Etiwanka yet. I'm sure we haven't. <laughs> so I guess we should ask uh, what <laughs> what is the risk involved? Well, if you look in your map on your map, it's number twenty three. And it's colored in red for danger. Oh, okay. Oh no, it's it's only orange. It's not that bad. It's not bright red. <laughs> oh wait a minute, it's quarantine. No, that should be red. What is it, quarantine? 
Or is it just my colors off? Yeah, I think they got it. The color, I, well, I don't, yeah, you're right. It does look orange. But it's not, people go there. I mean, uh, base, you know, Etiwanga. Yeah, Etiwango. Etiwango. Etiwango, Etiwango. Um, how can I put this? You, every island, it's it's a strange environment. Um, instead of being made of land, it's made of water. There's a there's a square coastline around it. You know, everyone's used a square coastline, but then it turns, but then it's filled. The interior is filled with with water, and islands. It's basically like uh, uh, if you. You gotta think back for a second. Um, um, oh. Like Polynesia, or uh, you know, a bunch of little uh, like the Caribbean, back, oh. up, back on Earth. So is the interior sea, because it's not quite an ocean. Is it full of sea monsters as well? It's sea monster free. It's still salt water, and there's a lot of good saltwater fish in there, but it's it's monster free. Mm. Sounds like a perfect job for a seaplane. Well, they get, yes. they get airports. There's an, there, there's an airport in every island. In fact, there's multiple airports in every island. You have to be careful which one you land at. There's only there are only officially one, two, two, three, sorry, three, four. There's only four four airports, two on the islands, and one at each at uh, opposite corners of the uh, of the uh, surrounding environment of the square of the, uh, of the environ. Of the, yeah, the rest are airports that the natives have, that the locals have built. They're all cargo cult crazy there. They're cargo cult airports. You mm. land there, you you will have you will be lucky to have a pair of wheels still sitting on the tar- <laughs> on the landing field. Right, and the uh, people that uh, we're transporting are anthropo and blah blah. blah. Anthropologist. Thank you. God, no, it's a rich guy. It's a rich guy, and and his and his and his entourage. Okay. He's going. He's going there for fun. He right. wants. He's, he says he's got in with the chief, and he's going to go, you know, and do some fishing. And uh, so. Yeah. Uh, our cargo is basically going to be taken up with camping supplies for his expedition. Oh, okay. He's a rich guy, which means he's going. He's going to stay in, in, in Poloni Island in the uh, in, in in their in their in their in their four star hotel. They're up. not as primitive as I'm imagining. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls out a brochure. <laughs> okay. <coughs> they may be savage, but not the savages I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, the Poloni tribe of Etiwango has found a place has found a place in the sun, creating their own island their own island themed Las Vegas. They provide the, the best in entertainment and casinos. Okay. So this is not nearly as perilous as I thought it was going to be. Just as long as you get good navigation. 
Yeah, yeah, the uh, they become moderately wealthy and not uh, and are not hiring other islanders to staff the resorts. Uh, then the more primitive islanders consider them the lowest sort, only to be kidnapped and ransomed for for spam and trade goods. <laughs> yeah, so we've got the the uh, the the islanders who are res- have the resorts, and then the more primitive islanders. There are over 600 islands in Etiwanga, Wongo. So, uh, strange mix of old and new. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there's a lot. Of, uh, see, I'm looking for a good one, a good description. Oh, here uh, we go. Not, not knowing a lot about the hardwired hinterland, yeah. is there like a source book for every island? Or how does that break down? There's a, like, there's a uh, two pages for each island. Okay, well, so, okay so, so two pages is a teaser. Yeah. Because I was thinking, you know, with a 200 by 200 uh, oh, square yeah. area, you could actually, like, have an adventure, quote-unquote, uh, in the D&D context, written up for every single square. There's yep. enough space for that. Oh, I assume yeah. that's the idea of the behind the setting, really. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you the 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 approach the 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 the, the, uh, the, the travel the travel uh, warning about the place. Uh, population of about twenty thousand people. Uh, basically, it's a big man government. Basically, whoever the chief is runs runs each island. Uh, they're greedy. They're about nineteen forties technology, so not too far. Uh, they do have radio. Uh, only two percent have can read and write. Uh, the the uh, um, economy is pretty much um, stagnant, except for the Polony Islands. They steal, and they'll sell you back here, and they'll steal oil if you can find oil. <laughs> it's a tropical paradise in, in terms of temperature. Uh, and it says the core of Etiwanka. Environ is a tropical paradise inhabited by more than 300 small... Okay. 600. Okay, they, they disagree. 300, 600 islands. It's it hard to count. <laughs> it depends upon the tide. Yeah, yeah. Who worship air... Uh, with a very mixed population and dozen islander tribes who worship airplanes, it can be a restful and office dangerous stop. So it's both restful and dangerous. The natives build airstrips, create simulated hangars, and even build replica aircraft. All, all of this is in hope of gaining precious gifts from the sky gods. They can be quite friendly or hostile depending on the quality of the gifts. Three of the islands have been sold by a number of folks from other environs. They have uh, endeavored to create a perpetual atmosphere of peaceful life on a tropical beach complete with bars, tiki torches, and small cabanas for rental. If only for if only for the occasional canoe raid, uh, natives would be a tropical paradise. <laughs> Tucked into the islands on even no basis are a number of pirate bases and small villages that serve as black market centers. The key crop of the islands is coconuts and oil pod trees. Oil pods are these. Um, you you wonder where they get all the lubrication oil? They come from these trees that grow these pods that produce lubrication grade oil. Nice. These nuts grow a thick organic oil substitute that can be turned into air into aircraft lubricant. 
the nature of the richest force of this valuable commodity and may allow trade if the price is right. So yeah, when you talk to the owner, owner you give the owner a name. Ted. <laughs> Ted, the owner of, of Ringing the Prayer. <laughs> yeah, according to Ted, you know, he... You know, he wants, yeah, you know, if you get there, he, you know, pull out, he comes out with a bag full of uh, coins and say, yeah, when you're there, pick up some, uh, oil, pick up as much oil pots as you can <laughs> and bring them back. Uh, and there's the like, little uh, vignette. I tell you, it was an army base. We cruised over and inside the land there. Then we noticed the ground crew and buildings were bamboo and the green of the uniforms were, was tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> they surrounded the plane and saluted. Then the big hunter came out and waited for presents. They ended with a case of spam and a bottle of Jersey Gold tequila, my flashlight, Bob's hat, and my white scarf. We told him we would taxi to the hangar and saw a strip, strip frame of a DC-3. I hit the throttle. We barely got out of there with our wheels and a couple of arrows in the tail. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> but you'd be flying to Polino, so you're fine. <laughs> yeah, we just have to watch out for the canoes. <laughs> yeah, and it's a longer trip. There's uh, my map. So that means I have to add another square. So it's it's uh, okay. I'm gonna say it's gonna be west of Little Texas. Uh, I, I take it west was just more or less picked at random. Yeah. <laughs> Since the compasses uh, don't uh, believe in magnetic fields. <laughs> and there's no sun, so we can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can't shoot, you can't shoot the stars. There are no stars to shoot. So, uh, when you, like, uh, flush a toilet, which direction do the, does it spin? Down. Go straight down, or? <laughs> no, it spins. It, uh, it, it, uh, it actually, the spinning isn't uh, based on, cor- cor- uh, on the Corrales force. It uh, spins because uh, that's the way, the way it drains. Uh, it, was, uh, it, it varies. It may spin one way one, one time and spin the other way the other time. Unless, of course, you have one of those toys that's designed to spin in one direction. Right. I could, I could see just slightly angling the uh, jets. Uh, or the the ports, whatever you want to call it, in the rim, so that way it would induce a spin, so the uh, water would flow smoother. One of those things you have to kind of figure out uh, through trial and error, because yeah, if, if there is no spin, then it's going to create bubbles, and that's going to create blockages, and yeah, yeah. yeah you you'll have you, bad results. You, you want it to spin, yeah. So the trip is only seven hundred miles. And you think your airplane has the range for that? He says without checking uh, Google. <laughs> well, no. No, I'm checking no, Google. Uh, I'm checking the, the white crystal. But uh... yeah, but you're burning alcohol fuel, which burns a little hotter, which means you burns a little faster. So it's a trade-off. Yeah. Uh, well, the range is 650 miles. We might have to top off in. Uh, New old, uh, no, in little Texas. New old, in Texas, yeah, yeah, because we might be able to make it on fumes, but it would be smarter to uh, refuel uh, <coughs> te- in Texas. <coughs> Excuse me. 
Yeah, and that way we have plenty of uh, extra extra fuel. Yeah. So if you you know if you're willing to take on that job, you know, it is important. So having actually having an airplane with guns on it, yeah, it, it, well, you know, is it, uh, is a good idea. So. Sure. All right. So yeah, he's gonna hire you. you know, so uh, price wise, for the entire thing, prayer, charter service. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it charter is a charter service. Um, and since you're you're armed, he's gonna charge. He's charging the guy forty dollars per person, and yeah, his him and his entourage probably felt every seat in your airplane. Oh hey, at least that's someone to talk to. Yep. Yeah, there's a place for the for the co-pilot, so yeah. That's where you normally ride anyway. Yeah. So let me go grab something here, because I just realized I didn't give the guy a name. Mr. Moneybags. <laughs> Let's see. First and Howl the Third. Oh, yeah, that, we're going to be doomed mm. on a 700-mile no. cruise. <laughs> All right, let's take a look. What's it? What's your, what's your name, little girl? No. All right, his name is Sasha. Dodson, Sasha Dodson. That's a that's a that's an American name. <laughs> Sounds like the name of a successful entrepreneur. Uh, yeah, he shows up. His entourage includes uh, his wife, uh, a, um, a, 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 a maid, air quote, <laughs> uh, and several guys who basically look like they probably weigh about 200 pounds apiece, have no neck, wear dark glasses, and have bulges underneath their, underneath their jackets. Uh, hey, uh, do we uh, charge extra for gorillas? One is a gorilla. <laughs> but I wouldn't say it if one was a real gorilla. <laughs> this is like, this is, are our tickets by the pound or by the head? <laughs> no, I know it's by the head, but luggage is by the pound. <laughs> You basically, you're gonna your cut's gonna be about gonna, for this flight. It's gonna probably because you're gonna be taking there and, and bringing it back. So you're you're basically he's paying you. Uh, you're gonna get about five hundred dollars for this trip. Hey hey hey, big spender. Yeah. So yeah, he he walks up. Saw you, the guys in the plane. Yes. Uh, come aboard. We'll uh, get your baggage. Packed up and what the hell kind of plane is it? It's got a boat on it. <laughs> it's a special plane. Be perfect okay. for for uh, going to the islands. Okay, come on, Trixie. <laughs> Let's check it out. But the wife or the maid? That's wife. You want the maid's name? Ooh. Yvonne is the maid's name. 
And you got Gorilla 1, Gorilla 2, Gorilla 3. Yeah, 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 Gorillas. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they, they load, you, you load up the luggage in the back. And, uh, yeah, the flight plan's pretty, yeah, pretty straightforward. Like you said, you can fly from here to, uh, it's 400 miles to uh, Little Tech, to the, uh, the, the main airport in Little Texas. Uh, and he said, grabbing the, the guy again. I should just print this out separately. <laughs> to, uh, well, you got, you, you got choices where to fly to. You can fly to Dallas. You can fly to Hampstead. You can uh, fly to Galveston. Or you can fly to Texarkana. Oh. But not knowing where any of those are, uh, exactly. Well, Galveston's closest. Texarkana Texar is the farthest. Basically, Texarkana is another 100 miles. So it'll be, uh, it'll be 500 miles to Texarkana. It'll be only uh, 300 miles to Galveston. Now, let's plan for Texarkana. All right. Okay. I should bookmark this damn thing. <laughs> Narf. Sorry. Digging through, trying to find oh, try this page. Oh, sorry. I, I definitely need to get my bookmarks. It's putting bookmarks in this page on this. I printed the book out so I can sit there and do this. Uh, oh, okay. On the bright side, if we leave in the morning, we'll hit Texarkana about lunchtime. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, you're gonna make it for dinner. He's a rich guy. You think he's gonna get up? He's gonna get up, get it off his butt at, at, at uh, Oak Dark Thirty in the morning. Uh, <laughs> it's a chartered plane. You cannot be late for a chartered plane. This so, is true. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Ooh. Oh. Oh no! It's actually worse than that. As you're flying along, as you're flying along, you notice your, you you watch your airspeed drop. Yet, you can't according to the wind to according to uh, your wind your your wind speed indicator. The, there's you know basically there's no wind as far as you can tell, but you're slowing down. You're slowing down. Slowing down. But your engines are going full bore. I mean, you know, you got the, you got the revs up to where you get the revs up where they need to be to get the airplane moving. But so our, it's like we have a very severe headwind, and we're yeah, but uh, it doesn't feel like a headwind. It just feels like you're. It feels like more like you're going through molasses. Like something's changed, and you remember in your and you remember your pilot training, they're talking about some of the weird weather that can happen. One of those was something called slow weather. For whatever reason, the conditions form that basically slow you down. 
there's no wind, there's no headwind, but you don't go as fast. It does, however, force you to burn more fuel to get where you need to go. Hmm. Well, uh, we with a 650-mile uh, fuel range and a 500-mile destination, if we burn more than the equivalent of... Uh, 150 miles of fuel, then we'll have an issue. It's, it's no more than it's no more than 10 percent extra fuel usage. So that means you you'll be burning fuel for 550 miles. So you still got 100 miles. Okay. So just a little bit weird as everyone wa everyone's watch on board moves at a different rate compared to the people on the ground. No, you want everything's the same. Just that the airspeed of the airplane—it's it's like it's the the the, the air is, is is the best way to describe it. The air is thicker. It's like the air has become uh, about ten percent thicker. Hmm. It has more resistance, so you slow down. Dr. Quest will add that to his journal and uh, <coughs> conjecture uh, um, uh, that atmospheric phenomena, what could cause it, and what could be done to alleviate it in the future. Yeah. Well, it, it's not much of a problem. Could, once, you, once you clear the ocean, it pretty much clears up. And, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're pretty much fine after that. Once you're over, once you're over a little Texas, the weather is more or less clear. More or less clear. Uh, oh, yeah. Clear as bell. Wind. Okay. Well, I, I imagine that uh, D Douglas's job, like reading the map and stuff like that and pointing out landmarks, not terribly engrossing. Nah, the guy back there is just busy talking. You know, uh, the, the chairs don't turn around, but he's sitting sideways most of the flight. Talking, to, you know, talking to one of the goons. Uh, they're talking, you know, various business things and so forth. You know, business deals they're working on, and how he really likes to unwind. You know, he, that's why he's going to Edawanga, Edawango. You know, just get there and take the time and relax. And, oh yeah, that's uh, yeah, Galveston. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a shit cow town. <laughs> Yeah, my money's in my money's in something really, really. I got one word for you. If you want to make money here, plastics. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know about plastics, Doc? Well, I, I understand all, all the basic chemistry behind it, but the amount of petrochemical resources needed for refining plastic into its various, or refining petroleum into its various plastic. Uh, components requires an extensive oh, facility. Hell no, I don't. I don't go after oil. Who wants to waste oil on, on pla making plastics? I, 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 you know, I run a scale, a, a, a um, salvage operation. We find these places. Anything, anything made after um, 1970 and beyond, it's just full of plastic. We just take it all and recycle it, and make new plastic out of it. Clever. De definitely bypasses the whole industry. Uh, 
it's still intensive. It might, you know, I'm saying I still got to do some pro, I still got processing, and we still got all this uh, uh, number, you know, the type seven and type two plastics we still are working on. They don't recycle very well. I got a shitload of that stuff. You need a bunch of water bottles, Doc. <laughs> so, so it's got my trusty canteen. But yeah, the flight over, yeah, it, it means you actually get there a little bit. You know, you land, you land in the, in the Texarkana Airport. It's a, yeah, it's a bit rustic compared to. Uh, I mean, you've been to Texarkana, you've been on your training flights for for a wing and a prayer. You've been to like Dallas and uh, to, to Dallas and the other one. But yeah, Texarkana, you fly in, it's yeah, it's a cow town. Yeah. Well, it's a good place to uh, refuel, and uh, notoriously, uh, the restaurants that service the pilots and uh, passengers is actually pretty good uh, food at these spots. Oh, yeah, so, you, have to, you got to try one of their steaks. Yeah. Now, these guys serve you a nice big porterhouse. I mean, look at the guy. He's had he's had a share of porterhouses. I mean, I, I I love this place. You know, I can eat the worst shit possible. I no chance of a heart attack. No chance of uh, you know any of that kind kind of crap. Oh yeah, it's a gift in disguise. Yeah, he's two hundred pounds too, but not muscle. <laughs> <laughs> But, but he's, you know, he's plenty of, you know, he says, you know, I figure we'll get here tonight. We're gonna do some, I know a little, I know a little hotel I can stay at. Uh, you guys, you guys are okay for lodging. You, know, you guys, you know, we'll be back in the morning for the flight to, to, to Etawanga, Hongo. All right. Well, uh. <coughs> you're not staying in the same place he's staying. I can, I guarantee <laughs> that. <laughs> We're probably staying in like the do drop in. Yeah. Well, that no, actually, they, no. Galveston, you know, they takes our Canada. Just enough backwards. They actually don't. Uh, they they actually have a, a, a pilot's lounge where you can stay. Oh, that'll work. Yeah. Yeah, they got there's our pilots in there. There's a lot of guys who uh, fly uh, small small aircraft. Nothing that seems nothing you know, ocean worthy. But they do a lot of uh, flying over herds and so forth. They do, uh, uh, you know. They, they, yeah, I almost get the impression there's more planes than cars. Yeah, you would think. Uh, you know, now Texarkana is Texarkana from when it was founded. So it's dirt roads and you know wooden wooden sidewalks and crap like that. Well, well, it's like a built-in tourist trap. Yeah. <laughs> no tourists come here, though. They're, you know. <laughs> There's a difference between a uh, tourist Old West and real Old West. <laughs> the odor. <laughs> <laughs> it smells like a cow town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you're lucky. You're actually you're upwind of the of, of the uh, of the pen of the pens. Yeah, the, the stockyards. Yeah, the stockyards. <laughs> but you know, there's our pilots there. Some guys, you know, are just in for the night because you know they 
they're busy they're out flying looking for uh, looking for lost cattle and stuff like that. You know, was, you know, either looking for lost cattle or looking for lost lost calves, bring them back home to their mama. <laughs> and she'll yeah. say thank you, right? Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see that because you need such a short runway. I could totally see bush pilot being a practical job <laughs> oh, where yeah. you actually you know, land on, on a flat stretch of ground, get, you know, rescue, rescue a calf or something like that, maybe actually even throw it into the back of your plane. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, you understand, one thing you don't see, and I, well, it actually wouldn't be that odd to you guys, you know, but it would be odd to one of us. There are no roads. As soon as you get to the, the edge of a city, paved roads stop. Maybe like this, they're, they're like cut right off. Yeah. So there are no. You know, so yeah, you, if you fly over uh, over Windsor, roads everywhere, streets everywhere. You get to the city limits, no roads. Oh, and Dirk's on the phone. So yeah, it's 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 uh you know it's it'd be straight to our eyes how there's actually no freeways between the cities. You want to get around, you fly. Yeah, so, so there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot of inter, you know. Or you, take, if you were trying to build a road, you know, a modern road is a million dollars a mile to build. Uh, so that, who's going to spend that much money when? You can uh, fly there from an already established uh, airport infrastructure. Oh yeah. I mean, now, you don't have the tax base or anything like that to to fund huge projects like that. Yeah, there is the there is the petrolux company. Uh, they you know uh, they do have some. Uh, they have one oil well. They're trying to find more. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, if you don't have the right tools, it's hard to find uh, sites that that aren't dry. Yeah, and I, I don't think we've seen any uh, references to uh, uh, prefab uh, oil derricks or no. The, the uh, picture, picture in the book is something from the uh, from the. Uh, Pennsylvania from the early days is a wooden wooden derrick. Oh yeah, and that limits how deep you can drill and everything else. So it, it is a total crapshoot as to whether a site will actually produce anything. Yeah, I mean the the average technology level of the air of the of this environment is eighteen ninety seven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, yeah, there's just as good a chance that you're going to hit water or natural gas as well as. Uh, Dirt or oil. Yeah. They do have a casino, though. There are Indians, and they have a casino. <laughs> so is, is that something they built, or is that something that was pre-established and built by the monkeys? Because I could see, actually, a Old West town, and then you had, like, two miles over, and then there's a... Uh, 21st century Indian casino. Actually, these casinos were actually constructed and built by the Indians. 
Okay, so that that's all quote natural technology. Yeah. Now, when we say uh, well, Native Americans, because uh, a lot of them they're from all across the spectrum, the same mm-hmm. date range as most people. So you have Indian, you have American, Amer- Amer- you know, American, uh, you have Indians from you know from the, from uh, fifth from like the one thousand A.D. All the way up to twenty-four something. So some of those Indians have never seen white guys before, and some know know white man all too well. Yeah. <coughs> and, and then there's actually some that probably go, well, crap. <laughs> we actually have to do something besides get a government check. Oh yeah. So but, it's it's going to be all kinds. Yeah, but yeah, the casinos. Yeah. But we're talking Texarkana, so yeah, it's not much to make a casino. It's it's not it's a, a pretty much uneventful. You know, the, the 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 pilots recommend a good little restaurant, a little diner. Um, well, not a restaurant, but it's it, well, it's called a restaurant. It's someone took over a, an old Chuck House and turned it into like a restaurant. It's you know not too bad. You can get a decent steak. It is unnerving that the chef is a is a steer. <laughs> what the? You look, I don't I eat no, it... I don't eat meat, but I know how to cook a good steak. <laughs> <laughs> Takes one to know one. It's not it's cannibalism if you just serve it to other people, I guess. <laughs> and it's no one I know. <laughs> no, <I'm... laughs> I mean, literally, they, they, the, the uh, animals with a capital A look at animals with a, with a lowercase a as just that, animals. Mm. You know? Yeah. That includes mom on occasion. <laughs> she tasted great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's a nice little place. You know, and, uh, yeah. The, 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 it's bunk style sleeping in the. Uh, they're recommending you put your wallets under your pillows. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's a bunkhouse sleeping. Yeah. Just, I was just thinking of a new meaning for animal activist. <laughs> that actually being the animal. <laughs> well, they have a sheep shearing competition here. Some of the sheep are pretty good shearing. I'm sure they are. So the next morning, yeah, you're up bright and early. Uh, the uh, some someone's made a pot of oatmeal, oatmeal and a, uh, a cup of uh, uh, you can smell it from here. Real coffee with a capital K. Yeah. <laughs> he said, "Oh yeah, they, they, they uh, right in the middle of a desert. They found a Dunkin' Donuts." Five hundred pounds of coffee. <laughs> Decided to share the wealth instead of making money off of it. Well, if it brings in uh, customers, just like advertising. Yeah, yeah. The, the almost Canadians should have some Tim Hortons, right? <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, breakfast in the breakfast is in the this is the pilot's lounge. So yeah, it's a pot of real coffee. Silver bullet of real coffee going on, going on, and because uh, the airfield here, I said the airfield actually was well. The main hangar is an old barn that's been turned into a hangar. 
but the rest of the buildings are actually uh, are were, were constructed for you know uh, for the airport. Oh yeah, kind of grew organically as the need uh, was required. Yeah, but yeah, they have you got you got oatmeal for breakfast. Uh, they apologize; they're out of fresh out eggs. The chickens won't, don't want to give them any. <laughs> Yeah, I could see that being an issue. <laughs> this is Hortense, and this is Clyde, and this is... <laughs> and he, they're unfertilized, come on. <laughs> well, let me candle it and find out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, well, they, we'll have to work on that later. Anyway, so yes... <laughs> So yeah, the yeah, yeah, the uh, what's his face, Sasha, 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 Dodson comes. You know, he shows up again. You know, and he's walking. You know, and he's you know, but this time he's changed clothing. He's wearing something. He's wearing Bermuda shorts, a Hawaiian shirt, black socks. And, and, and sandals. <laughs> and his shirt doesn't quite meet the top of his shorts. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, nobody said the fashion's uh, a police. Uh, uh, no, his available. wife, she's done up in a, a lovely sarong, and she's a, she's a looker. And so she, and shows the maid, and the maid's uh, not as well done up. She's in a moo moo. Oh yeah, can't upstage the wife. And the gorillas, they're still dressed like they were before. <laughs> Full tux. <laughs> you know the black coat, the black jacket, the black pants, the white shirt, the dark glasses. <laughs> and you know, so you guys. So, you guys ready, ready to have a week's vacation? We're, we're ready to, uh, to get you to your destination. Let's go then. You know, the flight there is like, and this is another one of those. Well, actually, let me find out if it's an uneventful flight. He said, uh, Oh, yeah. Weather's clear. Good. Yeah, nothing to worry Is it about. Almost literally, literally, like a weather barrier around each of these island cells. Yeah, Little Texas is Texas, so it's about ninety degrees. As soon as you clear the island, within like a, a certain distance, a certain distance, like a hundred yards or so, it's now sixty degrees outside. Hmm. If you go up to that uh, ice cap one, suddenly, you know, it's whatever below, right? Yeah, it's like 30 below. So Etiwanga is a, is a nice, moist uh, 90 degrees. <laughs> so flying over, so flying over at a, so flying over Etiwanga, you know, look at the charts. Uh, the uh, Polino Island. Polina Island. Yeah, it's Polina Island. 
There you go. Is I would say it's 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 fairly close. It's the uh, north. It's the northernmost island. Large island, anyway. And uh, uh, so that's still a couple hours away. Yeah, uh, it's it's clear weather, and you don't you can see anyone coming from any direction. So it's it's not part weather. Parts like clouds. <laughs> they don't want you to see them coming. They want to s- surprise you. Remember, you can see for 200 miles. You can see them coming at this point if they were come flying out of Etiwango. I have nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Flight there is pretty uneventful. Uh, uh, there's an air... They recommend landing in the airfield, not in the, not in the water. Uh, you know, if you want to land in the water, you can... Uh, we uh, we won't we won't guarantee your safety <laughs> or the safety of the swimmers. <laughs> yeah. So landing on you know, the airfield is pretty pretty straightforward landing. You know it's a, it's actually a fairly modern airfield. It's actually an asphalt tarmac. Lord knows how many oil pods they had to use to make the tarmac. This is the first asphalt, freshly laid asphalt you've ever seen. You you've seen. This is not. This is like it's been resurfaced recently, which means that the only, the only source of oil is in those oil pods. Uh, which also creates a weird kind of asphalt. I mean, it probably isn't black, but maybe brownish. Yeah, something like that. Well, it's actually it's more the color of the. In fact, they're using volcanic rock. There is a volcano. And How the, far away? It's on, it's on uh, Etiwango Prime. There's a volcano. Active volcano? Oh, of course. Well, and they still built here. Yeah. Uh, but it's one of the Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those. It's one of those Malaya types. It bur- It burps. And it goes down down a channel, and it's, you know, and someone says, but the island doesn't seem to get any bigger. <laughs> it's just so wrong on so many levels. And as a man of science, I can say that with a straight face. <laughs> oh, yeah, when you, when, you, when, you, when you show up there, airport, uh, yeah, the taxi, the taxi, and of course, they have uh, a limo shows up for for Dodson and party. It's one of those stretch limos. It's first, it's the first modern day car you've ever seen in your life. It's a black, it's a black Hummer limo. <laughs> shows up, and when the doors open up, you realize that the doors, those windows must be a good inch thick. It's the armored Hummer limo. Expecting trouble? We're on Etiwango. What do you think? <laughs> so, you folks, so, uh, you know, since you're here and since you're here, we got you chartered. 
instead of using the local air service. I was figuring use you guys. We can, there's a couple islands I want to fly out to and uh, do some business, if you get my meaning. Okay. As in, there are black markets out on some of the islands. Ah. Well, I guess we're uh, we're paid to fly you wherever you want to go. Yeah. But the, but right now we're gonna go and uh, I'm gonna get my I'm gonna go play some play some slots. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he tosses you a fifty dollar coin. Have some fun on me. Now, when you look at the prices, now, prices in this area are like in Hawaii. You know, basically, whatever's on the land, multiply by two or three mm-hmm. on, the main, on, the main, on the mainland. So things here actually are a bit more expensive. Except for spam. Spam's the same price. <laughs> Join us next time when we hear our host say, So, who's up for a beating?